Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators, and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick, and today I'm answering your YouTube questions. And it's not just me. I'm actually joined today by my brother from the same mother, D. What is going on? What's up, D? How was your week? It was all right. How, how about was, yours? How was your My week was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. How was no your complaints. week? Let us know in the chat how your week was. Mm-hmm. So um, as we are getting into this today, I do want to let you know if you are watching this on the replay, we add timestamps down in the description. And those timestamps will help you jump to questions that are important to you specifically. So make sure you hit the description or you just kind of browse along the bottom of the YouTube player right now and look for the questions that you want answered or maybe questions that you have that you didn't even know you had until somebody else asked them. <laughs> make sure that you check that out. Um, but I also want to let everybody know that today's stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy. TubeBuddy is the number one tool for YouTube content creators that'll help you optimize your videos for discovery, help you test your thumbnails to make sure the thumbnails that you are putting out are effective for the people that you're trying to reach. It has like channel management features. So for example, if you have to change a bunch of descriptions, let's say you need to have like one link or one blurb of text, like this new FTC rule about disclosures that we're going to just kind of briefly touch on here in a bit. If you have to go into your descriptions and, and update them across I've, your videos, I've got one better. TubeBuddy will help you do that quickly. What if you're going to change out your Canva links because they're dumping all over small creators? Yeah, and that too. We're going to be talking about that as well. Yes. So if you're going to have to change out your Canva links, then um, you know, you'll know you also want to be using it. But you can check out TubeBuddy for yourself to see how it can help you at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin. Um, they do have you know forever free plans, and they also have you know paid plans as well. Of course, you know the higher up you go, the more features you get, just like everything else you know in life. <laughs> but this stream is uh, co-brought to you by StreamYard. StreamYard is the live streaming platform that we use to stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason that we use StreamYard is because it's easy. It's easy to add graphics to the screen like you uh, just saw us change in terms of the sign there on the front. Um, it makes it easy to bring on guests when we bring guests on. Makes it easy to, uh, you know, have these little scrollers going across the background. But bigger features that they have is they actually record your streams in the background so you can download them right after your stream and repurpose them if you want. Um, they also make it um, to where you can record a podcast with it and it actually records from both locations so that you get high quality from each side of it. All kinds of great features with StreamYard, but you can try them out at StreamYard.com so you can see all of the awesome features that they have that can help you have amazing streams and podcasts. And even webinars, as a matter of fact. More importantly, they have an awesome cup. And they have a great coffee mug. I'm only using, mug. full disclosure, I only use StreamYard for Because they're mugs. <laughs> That's it. Oh, love it, love it, love yep. it. <laughs> and I have a thing for mallard ducks. <laughs> nice. That's, that's it. <laughs> so as we get into it today, uh, thanks for the super chat. Top Cat Talent Show says, hey, great coffee song. I still want you to perform live um, or a video on my show. I don't do super live performances chat. like that. Um, I'm not that confident in the music stuff. I have, like, I, I edit all of that together because, you know, because I'm not good, you know, live. Um, unless I'm just talking, then I'm okay, I guess. But like when it comes to that sort of thing, that's definitely not my wheelhouse. Uh, but I super appreciate the uh, the invite uh, for that. But really quick, as we're getting into this, I just want to say what's up to Chantel. Um, hope you're doing awesome. Learn Spanish world. Nice to see you in the chat today. Ooh, and Cabo. Sam Bowen, hope you are doing great. SMA Sky, hope that you're doing awesome too. Monica Joyner, uh, Sledak. Sledlack, sorry about that. I um, hope that you are also doing great. Stormy Sky Rail Productions, nice to see you in here. Hope everybody's had a great week, and I hope that you are excited and pumped up to learn about 
about um, YouTube today. So if this is your first time here, I do want to let you know that um, that there's a form down in the description below right now. And if you have a question about anything that you're that you're you know that you're trying to uncover about YouTube or any troubles that you're having with YouTube or anything that you're trying to better understand, go put your question down in that form right now. And if you do, then based on the amount of questions that are currently in here, it will get answered on the stream today. So if you have a question, make sure you know if you need some help. Essentially, is what I'm saying. Then make sure that you uh, you know put your question down in the form so we can get it answered on the stream here um, for you today. You know the amazing thing about Candy going Apple live, TV. What's going the on? The amazing thing about going live is we've been sitting here for an hour, mm -hmm. and not only have we been sitting here for an hour, but you've done previous streams. Yep. And you've adjusted that microphone countless times, yep. and not once did you adjust it while we were sitting here for the past hour. Mm -hmm. And because I wasn't using it. And then as soon as you go live, but nothing's changed since the yeah. last time. Well, I'm moving. Right. So yeah, like I'm moving arm for exactly. Yeah. So all oh, you mean just, the actual microphone itself. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know why I do that. I don't know. It's yeah. like a weird. Oh, you know what happened? I was grabbing it like this uh -huh. and I was holding it and it was like a little bit loose. So I just kind of reached up and tightened it up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what's going on. Yeah, it is. That's, I'm rolling one? with that one today. That's a hill you're yeah, going to die it. on. Yep. That's it. All right. Let's answer some questions. Yep. All right. Let's do it. So question number one. Very first question here is from K Skis. K Skis uploads when they have time. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. The type of channel is gaming revolved around anime, sports, etc. The goal of the channel is to read. 90 subscribers and make entertaining content. The question is, so recently I've been seeing that my videos on TikTok have been doing well. I even have one get over 800 views. I currently have over 150 followers, but it seems like whenever I tell them a new video is out, not reaching the results I expected. I know you and many others have said that it's bad to expect high expectations for us smaller channels. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It is not bad to expect people to respond well to your content if you know that you're making good content, right? So um, I, you know, I, I don't, um, you know, I, I come on get with it out. new content creators. <laughs> the issue is usually that, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that, you know, if you're new to the platform that you just haven't, you know, figured out yet. So, um, because of that, you know, it can be more challenging, but you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you know, that you, that you are not going to be able to have a good video right out of the gate. So I just want to make that clear. But anyway, I, I want to say, I think they're selling themselves short. I do too. Because they said their goal is to get 90 subscribers. Mm -hmm. Why not make it a hundred? Yeah. Why not make it, why not make it like 9,000 subscribers, right? I guess, you know, it's taking those steps up, I'm right? I'm just saying 90,000. Why not 900,000? Why right? don't, why don't you just, get why are you going after Mr. Beast? No, why, I'm just kidding. Why, I'm just why don't you just do a hundred thousand and get right. a play button <laughs> so you can get your play button before you get mine? Uh, here we go again. Okay. Yeah. So the, uh, uh, let's hear the rest of the question says, um, let's see here, it's out, not reaching the results I expected. Um, let's see here. But it's a little bit unsetting, upsetting, so I'm doing something wrong in TikTok. Um, should I just wait and be patient with it? So here's the thing. Um, our stream is focused on YouTube um, and, you know, all things related to YouTube. TikTok should, is not my wheelhouse. We should branch um, out to we I don't. Yeah, TikTok isn't my wheelhouse. You can. Um, TikTok isn't my wheelhouse. I don't, uh, you know, I don't pay much attention to TikTok because to I'm talk. focused on YouTube. So I upload stuff over there, you know, from time to time. Well, so make question? sure you're following me over there um, if you haven't. But it's just not something that I'm like, you know, super serious about but youtube you know this is like my jam love it so um so what because was of question? that um, was it, it, it was TikTok? about tiktok just about uh it? basically they're not getting the views that they want on tiktok yes okay uh, yeah so yeah. the tiktok algorithm works just like the youtube's algorithm in terms of it's trying to find videos that they think the audience is going to want to watch so i would just say keep keep uploading i don't know how many videos you have on there but just keep uploading and they're going to figure out who your audience is when they do make that connection 
that's when you're going to start seeing views. Tiffany, what's going on? Welcome to the stream. Hope you're doing awesome. So uh, next up on our list here, we got Learn Spanish World. Learn Spanish World says the goal of my channel is to offer value by providing free Spanish lessons to my community while I work hard to become a full-time YouTuber. And the question is, hey, Nick, thanks for your great streams. I've learned so much from you. My channel now has over 120,000 subscribers as a result of your advice. I'm a bit confused with my audience uh, preferences. It seems people prefer watching my Learn Spanish While You Sleep videos over my well-structured Spanish lessons. Lessons. Those videos drive the most subscribers, make me the most money and views. Should I start producing more of those videos instead? While I keep experimenting with new formats and simple lessons, it seems people prefer simplicity over complex material. The easy pill over hard work, I've been told that we must listen to our audience, but I fear that if I concentrate on these, I'll lose my credibility as a Spanish teacher in the advice. So the very first um, uh, thing to think about in this scenario is, of course, your goals, what it is you're trying to accomplish with the channel and all that. So for example, if you're like, hey, I have a Spanish course and I need to drive people into that Spanish course. Um, and because of that, I need to be putting out, you know, the other type of content as well so that I can spread awareness about that course and I end up making, you know, money from that course. Then in that case, you know, it makes sense to, you know, kind of mix them up or have a different channel that you use for the purpose of driving people into that course. And then you use the channel where people are currently responding well to the uh, learn Spanish while you sleep content, um, just having that for, you know, the sake of ad revenue. And then of course, to help spread awareness about the other channel that you have um, as well, you could do that. But if you didn't want the headache of, you know, having multiple channels and things like that, if you don't have courses that you are selling to, you don't have any other products. And the only thing that you're focused on is YouTube ad revenue, then in that case, give the audience what they want. If they're coming there for the sleep content, and every time you publish one of those videos, they do well, then in that case, keep publishing those videos just just run it for like 30 yes. days 90 days and see you know how people uh you know see what it does for your channel and see if it just consistently keeps getting that good response from you know that particular type of content one of the things that youtube says is that um, the algorithm follows the audience and the whole idea there is if people are enjoying your content then youtube's going to keep showing more of your content to them and showing that content to other people and so on so because of that you know embrace everybody here embrace when you have content that people you know people respond to so last week I learned about uh, roller coaster games mm -hmm. where people could build roller yeah, coaster yeah, yeah. games. Did you right? go on that rabbit hole at all? I looked a little bit. Okay. Some really interesting stuff. Uh, this week uh, I just learned that people are listening to foreign language videos while they sleep. Mm -hmm. Oh, you mean just now? Yeah. Just now you got I that. I had oh, no okay. idea people were putting on foreign language videos to go to sleep to that. It's that's, interesting, huh? That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, w I, w I would love to know the, the, the science behind that to how much we're actually absorbing while we sleep. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I'm yeah they, gonna, he, he might be able to tell you. I'm not sure. I'm going to check sure. your channel out. Yeah. I'm going to check your channel out. And I'll yeah. let you know. Like, But this time next week, I'm like speaking Spanish. <laughs> right. Yeah. Never know. Never know. Yeah. So, um, you know, one thing to think about, too, is like, you know, when you are uh, publishing your videos to YouTube, um, if you are wanting to be a full-time content creator, you can absolutely do that with YouTube ads um, if you have enough volume. But like in um, in a lot of cases, YouTube ads are a good supplemental income if your channel you know either isn't huge or you just don't crush in volume with views. Um, YouTube ads can be a good <laughs> supplemental income, um, but I do recommend if you are wanting to go full time and you want that to happen faster, that you do find other ways to uh, that you do find other ways to monetize. Renee, what's going on, man? Welcome to the stream today. Hope you're doing awesome. Hey, Renee. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I just never even thought about language. I, I'll fall asleep listening to music all the time. Mm -hmm. I, it never occurred to me to listen to to language courses. 
That's now you know. Yeah. Yep. Now you know. Now you're gonna. Now you're gonna be learning all kinds of stuff. Right. It's gonna be like you're gonna be like, heck. I'm, if I can learn all this while I'm sleeping. Right. You know how they say like you know if you don't learn how to make money while you're sleeping, then you're gonna work until you die. Right. So it's gonna be the same way with language. Right. right. So it's like hey, if you don't learn how to learn languages in your sleep, then you're never gonna speak another language. It'll be like that scene <laughs> right. in the, the scene in the Matrix where like Keanu gets pulled, you know, they, they they jack him in and they pull it out and he's he like, wakes Whoa, up. Whoa. Yeah. I know, I know kung, kung fu. fu. Right. Yeah. That'll be me. I wake up every day. Whoa. I know Portuguese. Oh. Whoa. I know Spanish. If, if only it were that easy. Yeah, he says you won't uh, you won't learn a language overnight by listening um, to learn while you sleep, but it will definitely help uh, you reinforcing your previously learned vocabulary and pronunciation. That's fascinating. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah really cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So next up, we got Jabari's fin- uh, Fitness. Jabari's Fitness says that they upload uh, one or sorry, uh, one time per week or more. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. The type of channel is fitness for beginners and teenagers, and the goal of the channel is mainly targeted to beginners starting their fitness journey. I began fitness at 11 years old. Since I gained knowledge about fitness, I wanted to share it. This channel was created when I was 13 to provide uh, people with useful fitness tips to help them become the best version of themselves. I'm dedicated to bringing the best fitness, entertainment, inspiration. Okay, looking for the... Uh, How old are they now? I've got How that. old are you now? Yeah, I'm not sure. If you, started, if you got into fitness at 11, you started your channel at 13. How old are you now? That's fascinating. So the question is, how Good can I you. how can I increase my watch? Yeah, I know, getting on the grind at 11. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah you probably have a, a bright future. Yeah. It says, um, how can I increase my watch time hours as it begins to decrease? How can I make my content stand out as a young fitness content creator? Why are people not now buying my merch? I don't know if that's now or not. I'm not sure. But um, okay, so one question, how can I increase my watch time as it begins to decrease? So on YouTube, just to, just so you know, if you are talking about watch time as it relates to getting into the YouTube partner program, so watch time is a rolling thing, which means that, you know, the watch time that you collected today of last year, that's going to fall off tomorrow, right? It's not going to count toward monetization anymore. However, the people that go in and are interacting with your content, you know, today, that will count, you know, towards that. So every day makes up for that year, you know, where or, or that day where uh, the, the watch time that you got a year ago that fell off. So that's just like the natural part of it um so because of that all they're 13 now so because of that uh, and they're turning 14 on the 10th so happy 14th birthday yeah man but um early birthday to you uh, but basically reps in son get the reps in right yeah but but basically come on what are you doing come on (laughs) but basically as um you know it's falling off you know at the uh you know from last year then you have to make sure it's being replaced this year but in terms of you know how do you just like really stack up watch time instead of you know making individual videos um of course you know individual videos have to be made. But when you're thinking of like, okay, over the next like 90 days, the videos that I'm going to be putting out on my YouTube channel, is there any way that I can put these together in a way to where it would make sense for people to watch, you know, this video and then this video and then this video, we call that a series. And then by putting that series together, then it gives people a reason to watch the other content. But of course, the main goal is you have to make sure that you're also getting, you know, at least a decent amount of people through the entire video that you, you know, that that originating video, so that they have that opportunity to actually click in and watch more uh, videos. But, you know, making sure that you're doing that, making sure that you're just using general YouTube best practices of using your end screens, making sure that you're using pinned comments to lead people into additional content, that you have links in your descriptions leading to additional content, making sure that you have your channel page set up properly. So for the curious people, they go to your YouTube channel page after they enjoyed one of your videos um, and they're looking for more of what you made, then that way, you know, if you have your content organized into sections on your homepage, it just makes it really easy for people to find more of the content that they care about from you. So because of that, just make sure that you do have those best practices in place, the same, you know, with YouTube cards as well. Um, And the whole idea with that is you're just trying to make it easy 
for people to find more of your content that they want to watch. So it's not, you know, difficult to set that up. All you have to do is you have to think about if somebody's watching this video that they came in on, what is the next logical step for them? And let me recommend at the end of my video that they go and they watch that particular video or playlist. I got somebody chiming in from South Africa. Nice, Greetings. nice. Welcome. Greetings. Yep. Someone Aussie. in here from uh, Malaysia. Nice. Well, Aussie nice. Walks. Welcome to the stream. Yeah. Through the M. Hope that you're doing great. Mm -hmm. So um, next question that we have here um, on the list, and if you're just joining us, we're pulling the uh, questions that we're answering today. We're pulling these from the uh, link down in the description that goes to a form. All you got to do is hit that link, fill out the uh, fill out you know the information that you need to know or that you're wanting us to talk about, and then um, and then we'll get it up on the stream today. Tom Nash, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, Tom? Hope you're doing awesome dude sm postcards how you doing uh moraine cresp says they upload one time per week or more the goal of the channel is to inspire and community question if you yeah. need to make changes to live stream broadcast times test in small increments question mark um example half an hour earlier or later or a bigger change so the best thing that you can do when it comes to live streaming is streaming when the people that are interacting with your content are online and the reason for that is because when you go live youtube's going to present your content to them um, they're going to show it to them and when they you know are showing it to people you want to make sure that you're live when the most of your viewers are online so if you go into your analytics right now as long as you have enough data on your youtube channel because sometimes this takes a little bit of time to show up but if you have enough data on your youtube channel you can go into your youtube analytics then go into your audience tab and then if you scroll down the page you're going to see an option that says um, something along the lines of when your viewers are online so you want to make sure that you are looking there and when you're going live it's different than when you're publishing a video technically when you publish a video the time that you publish you know doesn't matter but if you do want to see those faster views initially then you also want to you know publish right before or right as I should say people are coming online so it would be uh, you know as you start to see the color get darker that's where you'd publish your video so that you can you know um, basically just publish as your as your people are coming online but when you're going live it's a different thing because you want to make sure that you're going live when people are already online if you're wanting people to join you while you're actually live if you're just like hey i'm just live streaming um just so i can make some content and then i'm really going to get the views on the replay for this then in that case it falls into that category again where it's not as important but if you're like hey i want people to join me while i'm live um, then you want to make sure that you are going live um, when your audience report there is in that dark purple spot yeah, somebody from Scotland. We have nice. somebody from Pakistan. Nice. Wow, man, nice. I love this international Welcome. community coming mm -hmm. together. I feel like we could organize something. Mm -hmm. Remember Fight Club? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Why couldn't I'm, it be something positive? Probably Creator right? Club. Yeah, Creator Club. Okay, I that no, works. I'm not that, talking that, about that like you know. That I'm not taking. I'm not taking yeah, down D's the financial. Not sleeping. Yeah, right. D's not sleeping anymore. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, uh, virtual the Creator Club. <laughs> Don't talk about Creator Club. <laughs> so uh, the next channel is how big is the map? They upload one time per week or more. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. They do gaming content. The goal is to walk across all maps of all open world games ever made. Wow. Super looking forward to see what you do when uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out. That's supposed to be pretty huge. But anyway, um, I think you still got like two years for that or maybe another year. But it says, um, I know you drink coffee when you do these live streams, but it's like 9 p.m. in Thailand when you start. Don't you have any problems falling asleep after the live stream? This is not an off-topic question because, you, because your channel is about YouTube and coffee <laughs> love it well we got so, things to pick us up we got things to take us down yes yeah, like so, yoga yoga yeah so um <laughs> so in addition to that like when i stream here i also have to drive for like another like you know 30 minutes or something to uh to get home so uh so because of that like we have the uh stream and then after that you know i could go home you know d's got you know a little bit of a drive that he's got to do too so um uh 
fortunately, both of us are night owls. Yeah. So, you know, even if I wasn't doing this live stream, I would still be up until, you know, probably 2, you know, a.m. or so, maybe later, depending on what's going on. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's really not that big of a deal. Sometimes it is. Um, you know, if I didn't sleep, you know, that great on like, you know, that that Friday night, then um, in that case, you know, sometimes the Saturday nights are a little bit rough, um, especially on the drive back. But most of the time, it's, it's not a problem at all. Can we do something different? What do you want to do? I see people posting where they're from. Mm-hmm. Why don't everybody post where they're from? Okay. And if there's a place in here that's either just really stands out or a place I've never heard of, let's pull their channel up and just like give them a quick channel review. A little mini review. Okay. Want to do something different? Sure. sure. Yeah. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, that's fine. Let's do it. Are you going to give me the so how, you gonna, how are you going to organize that? I'm just watching people's countries come up. I'm just thinking, wow, there's some, you know. Okay. Yeah. I'm so, going to see if there's a sure. place where I'm like, wow, I've never heard of that before. Okay. Let's do it. Just randomly. Yeah, go ahead and talk. Yeah, where are you from? Yeah, let's do it. Stump me is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so it Stump seems like me. the strategy here, if it's a place you've never heard of, is just make something up. No, because they don't know what I don't know. Well, right, but if they just make it up, then it's 100% guaranteed you don't know. Yeah, but if it doesn't exist. Like, that would be the approach I would take. I'd be like, oh, he doesn't even yeah, know like, this place. I would just make it sound like something. And I'm he'd be like, oh. It. Hey, you got a super chat. Super chat. So, uh, Virtual Hi-Fi says, after I get monetized, if I upload a video of copyrighted music, that video won't get monetized. Can such videos affect channel monetization of other videos? Hold on. After I get monetized, if I upload a video of copyright... Um, if I upload video copyrighted music, I don't know if you mean like if it contains copyrighted music, that video won't get monetized, which is correct. Can such videos affect channel monetization? Uh, oh, got it. So um, basically when it comes to, uh, you know, getting like copyright claims um, on your videos. So the copyright claims themselves um, are individual for the video. Um, it does, you know, actually show up inside of your like channel dashboard. So you will see that. But if it's a copyright strike, then in that particular case, it, it causes problems. So if you get a copyright strike, then that actually ripples across your channel. You can lose like YouTube features and things like that. Um, but when it comes to a copyright claim, all that means is that they are claiming the ad revenue from that video. So copyright claims um, are unfortunate, but they're not like that big of a deal. Copyright strike however you want to avoid those at all costs because all it takes is three of those and your entire channel will get taken down so just be really careful when you're using copyrighted music because some people will claim it right some people say hey not a problem we'll, we'll take the ad revenue for this other people like the eagles for example will put a uh, copyright strike on your channel and again if you get three of those within a 90-day period you're toast and according to YouTube's terms of service unless they've changed anything in the past like year um, if you lose a YouTube channel then you also are not allowed to create a new one so basically any of your hopes and aspirations for YouTube um, just get evaporated if you uh, you know if you get those three copyright strikes so just keep that in mind Somebody said Whoville. That was pretty clever. That is clever. Yeah, is but, clever. but you know that's not a real place, right? I, I mean, you know, maybe it is, right? So are you, are you going to pick it? No, 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 no. Yeah, nobody, pick it. Pull it up. Nobody stumped me yet. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Nobody, it just caught my attention. Oh, you know these places so far? Uh, yeah, nothing's really stumped me. Hold okay, on. okay. So I'll keep answering questions while you're looking yeah, for yeah, those. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Arf World is the next question. Arf World does bi-weekly content. What it's, is Ohio? What aircraft. Is Ohio? Yeah, I saw Monroe, Ohio in here. Shout out to Monroe, Ohio. Yeah, it's like a little bit hey, north wow. of where. Okay. Of where, we might have a winner. Hold on. Uh-oh. 
So um, the goal of this channel for the aircraft channel is 100,000 subscribers. The question is, what do you uh, do to stay consistent over the years and avoid burnout? I'll be honest with you. Like I've burned out a few times um, over the years. And fortunately, that has kind of taught me, yeah. um, you know, just kind of going for it and burning out has kind of taught me like how to not burn out. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the most important thing that I would say is to make sure that you are prioritizing, you know, yourself. Because when it comes to YouTube or really anything, like if you are somebody that just goes for it, then it's really easy to put in, you know, tons of work and tons of effort um, into a YouTube channel and just go all in. Because when you are, you know, first starting to get that momentum, it can be super exciting because you're like, man, all this work that I've put in, um, it's all starting to work. I This might actually turn into something. And then that makes you even more aggressive or it might, you know, it, it can make you even more aggressive. Then you start going even like, you know, more intense and, you know, publishing more and networking more and doing like all this stuff. And, um, and then like the next thing you know, you know, you're like, okay, this is great, but like I have, I've just completely exhausted myself, right? So the the when or the way to keep that from happening, in my opinion, everybody's different. Everybody, every, everybody does like stress management and, you know, like balance and all that stuff differently. But, um, you know, in my opinion, just making sure that you are taking dedicated time for yourself and that you're scheduling like, okay, from this time to this time is usually when I work. And from this time to this time is usually when I hang out this time to this time is usually when I do these other things. And by doing that, it just kind of helps you know when the stopping point is because, you know, if you're anything like me, there is no stopping point unless you actually define it. Like, you know, for a really long time, um, you know, like I would, you know, wake up at whatever time and then like, you know, I would go out and run around because that's kind of, you know, what I do. Like my schedule is I don't work right when I get up. I basically go out and then I just enjoy my day while everybody else is at work. And then, uh, you know, I go in in the evening and then that's when I do my work time usually. So because of that, it's really easy to kind of get in the zone. And if I don't put those blockers on myself in terms of like, I have to stop at these times so that I can, you know, be a normal functioning person. Um, it's really easy to stay up until, you know, like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. in front of the computer. D, how many times have you been like, hey, let me just work on this thing real quick. And then next thing you know, it's like 8 a.m. and you got the light coming in from like the windows and you're thinking to yourself like, oh, wow, it's like 8 a.m. I, I should probably get to bed. Yeah, yeah. So for those people who don't know, this room, and I've got a workstation over here, this room is completely blacked out. It's like a casino. No sun in and out. Mm -hmm. So you have no reference of time. There's no clocks unless you look at a phone. You have no reference of time. Mm -hmm. So there have been times that I've been in here and I've been working and just and like building cosplay stuff. So I'm mm -hmm. not even paying attention to anything. Listen yeah. to music. And like I just happen to glance at the phone. It's like, you know, 7.30, 8 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Like it completely gets away from me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So that's kind of like the curse of a night owl. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, like if you if you want something in life, sometimes you have to go through periods of time where you are, you know, kind of going after it. So um, so yeah, because after. of that, when you are going after it, you just have to make sure that you are, you know, slicing out time to, you know, give yourself a break. Because here's what happens um, is when you're always going for it. Yes, you're always immersed and it's like and it's awesome because yeah. you're just like, you know, you're you're living it. But when you take a break, 
it can cause you to think of things differently, right? Mm -hmm. Like just going and just sitting somewhere and just kind of watching people walking around or whatever, it can just cause your brain to work a little bit differently than sitting there in front of the computer and just kind of like, you know, or the camera, whatever it happens to be. And just like, you know, sitting there doing the thing. When you take that break, it can just kind of make you, you know, think a little bit more creatively because you're not sitting there, you know, in that same environment that you're always in when you're grinding it out. So, um, uh, so because of that, you know, my best tip I would say for avoiding burnout and staying consistent is just give yourself the time to enjoy whatever it is that you're doing. Um, in addition to the you're work stuff out. that you're, you're going to burn out in addition to the work stuff that you're doing, also making sure that you're giving yourself time to enjoy the rest of your, you know, the rest of your life too. Yeah. You're going to burn out. I mean, it's inevitable. Well, you could, yeah. At some point, if you, if at you, some point, if you, if you manage, if you manage things like, um, like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I, if you're like a full-time content creator and you're like, Hey, you know, I'm going to work from this time to this time. Um, just like everybody else, you know, that has jobs, I'm going to work from this time to this time. And then after that, I'm going to, you know, essentially clock out. Yes. You're always thinking about it, but you know, that gives you time to, you know, go do the stuff. So I, th I think that's a great way to, you know, you believe, avoid burnout overall. Are you saying in front of the, the, the studio audience here, yes, studio audience that no clapping, we're done with this, yeah, everybody. No clapping. Yeah. No clapping. Are you saying <laughs> here in front of the interwebs yep. that you believe that some people can go through life without ever experiencing burnout? Totally. Really? Yeah. Totally. Ever. 100%. Ever. Yes. Yeah. Without I, experience. I, yeah. I will totally. die on that hill. Yeah. Like I, I believe, I don't I know about life, die but, on that but hill. when it comes to like, you know, being a content creator yeah. without question, okay, I think people can, put a time limit on that. I think people can do that. I think people can do it for an entire career I and not burn out. I'm going to, I'm going to, no, I'm going to agree I, to disagree okay, with you on that okay. one. Yeah, like at um, some point you're gonna hit some level of burnout. No, I I, I disagree. Yeah, like I, I think that uh, you've burned out. What are you talking? about? I know about? I have. I know I have. So how can but you? But I know how I could have. Because us. I know how I could have avoided it, but I just didn't. How want many times to. have you burned out? Um, probably a good three or four times. So if you I'm obviously honest. learned nothing from the first. Yeah, well, I learned two or three but, times. But, but I I just didn't. I didn't but, but, commit. But, 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 but I wish I had that little mouse thing. Right. Right. right I know. Right. Yeah, I just didn't commit to not burning out. Right. But I've since committed to to not burning out. So I'm so I'm good. No. So here's what i think so I, oh, I this is great right here so um renee says eminem famously started recording at 9 a.m took lunch at 1 p.m and finished at 5 p.m even if he was in the middle of a burst he'd get up and leave and finish it the next day yeah totally i've heard that so yep. yeah i want to so here's here's the thing i believe everyone's at risk of burnout at some point in their life but it's a matter of what happens when you burn out mm. Right. Do, do you have the systems in place and ha do you have the discipline to keep pushing through the burnout who here think, feels burned out right now I, th I think that's the difference. Like, that's the difference. Like, because you can burn out, but you can also keep going through the burnout mm -hmm. based on the systems you have in place, the discipline that you have. Mm -hmm. So if you burn out and you lack the discipline to keep going for whatever reason, maybe it's depression or something mm -hmm. like that, then, but then I think you're going to burn out. But being depressed is different than being burned out. I don't know, but that... Like, if you have depression, those, that's those, a whole those, other thing. Those can kind of get t intertwined and together. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's like a whole other thing, uh, you know, in compared... Yeah. So Chantel says, I keep going through the burn. You know, I used to too, like, um, you know, like my thing initially, which is why I've had multiple burnouts is like, uh, I used to have a little, uh, message at the top of this home screen that I made for myself. So basically it was just like a, a an HTML page that I made for myself where I just had a bunch of like quick links, um, you know, to, to like all the stuff that I needed to get to. And I had a little quote at the top of that that said, uh, when there's nothing left to burn, set yourself on fire. At the time, I was like, oh, that's, you know, super, you know, motivating for me because that means if I don't have the energy, just like find a way to make it happen. Right. Like, you know, sacrifice yourself essentially to make it happen. Um, but looking back, I'm like, yeah, that was that was silly. Like I shouldn't have, uh, you know, been like, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, 
I should I shouldn't have let myself Is think that, that that was the 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 right are you thing. the person who caught my house on fire that time? That was me. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah. Just so you know. Yeah, just so you know. Neighbors said, "Yeah, I saw a man on fire running out of the front." Yeah, that was me. That, that was, was me. You. Yeah, that was me. Interesting. So you healed nicely. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Yeah. So Saturn says they upload every other day. Um, the type of channel is an anime channel. The goal of the channel is to give enjoyment to others um, and improve myself. And the question is, can you check what's wrong with my YouTube channel page? Uh, what things should I fix or change very much? Um, we're not doing that during the stream with the exception of if somebody mentions a location that D happens to not know where it is, um, then we'll be pulling up somebody based on uh, that. But besides that, we don't look at, uh, we're not looking at channels during the stream. Yeah, so this person caught my attention and I have no idea what their channel's about. But uh, I didn't specify, and this is why I think it's funny, I didn't specify exactly. So they listed their neighborhood in Pakistan, mm. in Hyperbad, Pakistan, and mm. it was an interesting name. So uh, Nassim Nagar is the neighborhood that they live in, so I put them up. It's Pee Wee Penguin. I think they're a gaming channel. So here's what I'm thinking. We just, like, open it up and just give them, like, a first impression. Okay. Not, we don't have to do, like, a full Sure, just, sure. Just, like, a first impression. Just, like, sure. basic looking at it. Do you know where they're at? Do you want to pull them up? Because um, you can share. You can share right in the stream yard. Can I? Okay, I need to go back. I need to go backwards. Um, keep going. Can I answer your question? Okay. I'll find them. So, uh, cool, took, cool Tech Gaming and Reviews, or if you want to, like, email me the link, uh, then I can, pull them up, uh, I can pull them up that way. I don't think I can share it. Um, cool Tech Gaming and Reviews? No, I can't share it. Yeah, because I, I also, another problem here is I've also got a bunch of stuff all over my screen here. Okay, I'll find it. Okay. Um. Cool Tech Gaming and Reviews says that they upload when they have time. They've been on YouTube for a year or more. They do tech and gaming content. Uh, the goal of the channel is to become popular and to influence the tech community. And the question is, uh, why is my channel not getting views on videos that I put up, put heaps of editing into? Really good question. So here's the, here's the thing. So on YouTube, um, it's important to remember that we are, and this is kind of the, the, the thing that I say for this. It's important to remember that we are not rewarded by the effort that we put into our videos. We're rewarded by the way that people respond to what it is that we make. Now, with that said, in a lot of cases, when you put more effort into your videos, it can cause people to respond better than if you didn't. But it's not a guarantee that you're going to get a response on your videos just because you put in a lot of effort. So, for example... Um, the reason that this, you know, is something to think about is like, let's say you're just getting started, right? Then in that particular case, you are still in the process of learning how to like efficiently edit. You're probably still in the process of learning like, you know, the ins and outs of your video software. You're probably still learning, you know, how to, how to get your workflow together as efficiently as possible in order to kind of, you know, make content more efficiently. Um, you know, you are probably having to, um, you know, you're probably adding a lot of stuff to your videos that you haven't yet learned to, you know, take out from those videos yet because you know if you're just getting started because maybe you just haven't ran across the information yet about exactly what it is that they do and do not respond to and things like that so because of that all of those things you know combined together the effort that you put in might be different than the dbz collector right they might be making content that gets a similar response or maybe even a better response but they might not seemingly put in a lot of effort with the video itself but they put in a lot of effort working on all of the things previously that makes it to where they don't end up spending as much time and energy on the videos now right so because of that you know just remember that you know the editing um, the, uh, you know, the, the amount of time that you spend, like the editing of course can impact the video. So can the time that you spend, but everything is dictated on YouTube in terms of quality 
by how viewers respond to what it is that we're doing. So if you publish a piece of content, even if, right, and this is the crazy thing, you know, about YouTube, but this is, you know, how it works, is let's say that you just made a video of you just walking down the street talking about whatever it is that you do on your YouTube channel, even if you're a gamer, and you usually show gaming content, let's say that you make a video of you just walking down the street, the camera's a little bit shaky or whatever, and you're just doing it on your phone, you're walking down the street, and you are just making a selfie video talking about this game that's coming out and why you love that game, you're super excited that's going to be coming out, blah, 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 you hope they enjoy it as much. Here's some things that you're looking for some stuff that you've seen online that you think uh, maybe isn't going to be that great about it, some stuff that you've seen that you think looks awesome. Um, and then you just talk about it and then you end your video. Well, even though that video took you zero effort outside of, you know, holding up your arm and hitting the record button, um, you know, if YouTube shows that to people, even if you just use the raw screenshot of you just being like this, if YouTube shows that video to people, even though the whole thing took you like two minutes to make, then if people respond positively to that content, then YouTube's gonna keep showing it to more and more and more and more people if they keep responding positively to it. Whereas, if you you know spend all this time making that perfect video, adding the perfect video graphics and all that stuff, it can make everything like look awesome, right? But if the viewer experience isn't as good or if the viewers don't engage as much as they did, and by engage, I also mean like watch the content, right? Watch it in its entirety. But if they don't engage or if, yeah, if they don't engage as much with that as they do the, the selfie content, then in that particular case, even though you put tons of effort, hours and hours, or maybe even days into that video, if the viewer doesn't respond well, then in that case, you know, it's it's not going to uh, end up working out for that particular video. So because of that, just make sure that you don't directly connect like, okay, well, I'm going to spend like four hours on this, or I'm going to spend four days on this, which means that when I publish it, it's guaranteed to get views, because it's not. Another part of it is the video content that you spend all this time on, it might be amazing. However, your fail point in terms of the problem that you could be having is just not getting people to click on it. Like maybe the video is amazing, but maybe not enough people are clicking on it in order to have enough, you know, information going to YouTube to let people know how great it is. Right. So, um, so keep in mind that when you are publishing content to YouTube, it's not just one thing, right? If it's a short, then it pretty much is. But if it's, you know, like a long form, you know, piece of content, um, it's, you know, th there's a lot of moving parts there. Like you have to be able to capture people's attention when they log onto YouTube or when they're, you know, just kind of surfing around YouTube. Um, and once they come into your content, you have to be able to give them, you know, that great experience, which is the thing that you've been, you know, spending the most time on. So one thing that I can tell you, is when you are spending time on stuff, it does help you, you know, get into the nitty gritty of it. And I believe that, you know, as a new content creator, you should be spending that time because that's how you're going to learn how to make a, a better thing. But when it comes to YouTube, if you're trying to, you know, like grow your channel into, you know, into, into like, you know, a, a brand essentially, then in that particular case, like go through this part. And as you're going through this part, you know, you're going to hit a point to where you're going to be like, you know what, when I do these things, people, you know, typically will, will stick around for these, but all this extra stuff that I've been spending hours on, people aren't really responding to all that extra stuff. And it doesn't seem to matter if I do all that extra stuff or not. Yeah. And over time, you'll find that balance, right? It's just right now you're giving it your all because you're wanting, you know, you're wanting everything to, to work out. So keep giving it your all, but, um, but make sure that you're not just looking at my video is not performing, even though I put all this effort into the video content, because it could be that you're that, that the main problem, even though your content's awesome, the main problem could just be that the the video them the videos themselves just aren't getting clicked on. So I looked up uh, Pee Wee Penguin's channel. Okay. And we're not going to pull it up 
Okay. Uh, they've just got something in their channel art that's a little questionable. Oh, okay. But uh, so I'll just say this: my my advice to you, Pee Wee Penguin, is uh, I mean, you do what you want in your YouTube channel. Hey, your, Larissa. Your your channel art could be found offensive, and that could keep some people away. And I think you definitely need to work on your thumbnails. So spend some time learning how to make better thumbnails for what you're doing. All right, there we go. You got a super chat. Super chat. Two spanner. Thank you for the uh, super chat. Danielle says, um, "Did you hear about that potato that looks like a sheep?" It's an YouTuber. Love it. Where did she come up with this? Bit, I'm not sure. I have a feeling. These days, you could probably use like, you know, ChatGPT or something. Yeah. I have but, a feeling but, she sits but around But she was doing this way before ChatGPT. Right. So that, I'm guessing yeah, she's yeah. coming up with these. Yeah. 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 If, if anything, the, the, the recent ones have come from ChatGTP. <laughs> <laughs> so um let's see here hey, so charlie next up we've got cool gaming tech and reviews they have a tech and gaming channel and uh, oh sorry we did this one already so next up we're on number 10 already cruising wow so um uh and not so happy meal um is the name of the channel <laughs> i nice. love that a not so happy yeah. meal that's so clever they've been on youtube for a year or more uh, they have gaming content the goal of the channel is to build a community and the question says hey nick and d i'm starting up a Fortnite channel was wondering if i'm um, trying to target youtube search is the best way to start to get traction on a gaming channel or can your first videos land on recommendations and home pages? So your first videos can and will absolutely get recommended to people. Um, and then of course, how people respond to those is gonna make the diff make or break that video. So uh, a few things to think about here, and I, I love this question because there's a, a lot in it actually. So when it comes to your content getting recommended, especially when you're uploading your first videos, make sure that you are including like Fortnite um, in your title, make sure that you're including that you know, like in the description. And when you're filling out your description, make sure you put a full description in there, not just like a, a sentence or a phrase. Make sure you put like, you know, a full paragraph or two describing what's happening in the video. And the reason that you want to do this, especially, I mean, you always want to do it, but especially with a new channel is because when you're first publishing, like your very first videos on YouTube, YouTube's already going to get the context, right? Like YouTube's like, you know, watching your videos, it's, it's reading and captioning your videos. So it knows what it is that you're saying in your videos. Um, so it's going to get that context, but then the metadata also kind of helps support what's going on. Um, and adds a little bit of clarity to what's going on in the actual video content as well. So because of that, when you add, um, and you can actually find this information in the Google help pages. And I think it's also available in youtube.com slash creators as well in the free educational resources they have there. But the idea is that by including those things, it just adds just a little bit more clarity so that when they are recommending it to people, it just kind of helps make sure that, you know, topically it's going in front of people that are interested in that topic, right? Um, and then when it comes to YouTube search, so make sure that you're doing that, you know, for the recommendations. But another thing, is when it comes to YouTube search, um, YouTube search is a great place. Um, Todd actually, um, uh, there was an interview with him where he recommended content creators, uh, you know, actually start, uh, you know, with YouTube search. And the whole idea there was that, you know, if you're just trying to learn how to do this stuff, um, you know, when you are, when you have some videos that you're going after YouTube search with, then what happens there is the people that are finding your content are the perfect people because those people are looking for what it is that you have, which means that you're not going to have the wrong people clicking on it, at least from that particular surface. So because of that, it just kind of helps, you know, kind of get the system trained up, so to speak, for lack of a better way to say it on, um, uh, you know, on, you know, who your content is for. So because of that, you know, since you're just getting started, um, I would definitely just make sure that you are really thinking about like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to optimize this for search because yes, I want that, but how can I write a really nice and compelling title that 
if somebody were to see it on YouTube's homepage or suggested next to another video that they would also say, oh yeah, I, I, I wanna check this out. I wanna see what this is about, right? And also make sure like as new, a new content creator, a huge mistake that a lot of new content creators make is they will just jam pack their thumbnails with all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, what you wanna think about is Okay, I'm gonna try to keep this as simple as possible because it's really easy to overcomplicate everything, right? It's really easy to distract people from what's actually happening in this video by polluting my thumbnail with a bunch of stuff that isn't relevant. So because of that, try to keep your thumbnail simple and, and work yourself through this exercise. Think to yourself, okay, I'm making a Fortnite video. Since I'm making this Fortnite video, what can I put in the thumbnail of this video to help people quickly and easily without having to burn any energy on it identify that this video has something to do with Fortnite, because the goal with that is all you're trying to do is stop them. Like if they're on their phone and they're scrolling, you want them to stop because they see something that they're interested in and then read the title to figure out what it's about. Okay. So just make sure that you're thinking about that part of it when you're, uh, when you're putting your thumbnails together for that. Got some super and chats. Good luck on your, super good luck chats. on your new channel, uh, by the way. Tim Tech Media. Tim Tech Media, thank you for the super chat. It says, I have health problems that affect my daily life. I want to cover tech, but also incorporate a health aspect. Should I consider a second medium um, or can I cover both? Thanks for your amazing content. So um, with that one, if you can build the health stuff into tech, I, I don't know. That That's a tough and one. I would say it depends. Like, like if, if if you can use tech to help you with your health problem in yeah, your daily life. Yeah, like if it's life, that kind of tech. If it's that yeah. kind of tech and you're targeting the same audience, it makes sense. But if you're like, I like tech, but I also have some health problems. Yeah, like I'm talking two, about TVs. Right. And I have this 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 chronic condition. Those and are I, two totally different audiences. Yeah, I have this chronic right. condition, and I want to share information about that chronic condition and, and help people with that. Right. That's where you'd want to put it on a different channel. So so what you want to think about, um, just because you know the specifics of what you're going to be publishing, so think about it from the perspective of if somebody watched one of your tech videos, if you published a health video on the topics of health that you would like to talk about, would the people that watch the tech video be extremely likely to watch that video that you published that included the health content, right? Like that type of viewer. Um, or is the health content for a different type of person that's looking for something different compared to somebody that's coming in and wanting to see information on the latest TV or the latest computer or phone or whatever else it is that you cover. So think about it from the audience perspective and the likelihood of them actually being able to watch those two videos back to back. And it goes the other way too. So like, for example, let's say that you publish the video on the health and people came in and they enjoyed that what's the likelihood of them you know also really getting into the tech content based on their interest not based on it just being a part of your youtube channel but based on it being about the things that they care about the most yeah that's the answer to almost everything it is. when you're trying to figure out like you have this question about your channel should mm -hmm. i do this should i do that think like a viewer yeah you know, what would the audience want to see right what would the audience want to see and the next piece of content that they watch, if they were served the other type of content that you're thinking about, would they watch it? Right. If the answer is nope, they wouldn't be interested, then that, that's your answer. Yep. Totally. All right, got another super chat? Home Rapid Repair, thank you for the super chat, says, if I use the reply with shorts to answer a question, um, do I mark it as public? Um, I don't want it on the short shelf. Um, if you want it on the short shelf, then super in that case, uh, leave it unlisted. Yeah, if you don't want it showing up on the short shelf. And we got another super chat. And Pixie Dust Traveler, thank you for yours Super as well. Says, thank you for all your help. My question is, do you know if YouTube allows um, statues of the human body on YouTube or do I need to blur out parts? So when it that's comes a, to nudity on YouTube, question. that is a great question. Yeah. So um, if Renee's still in here, hopefully you can add clarity if I if I miss anything here. But when it comes to YouTube, um, if you are uploading it for the purpose of art, 
um, or for education, both of those scenarios, um, you should be in the clear. If you do run into any problems, then of course you'd be able to dispute it through those. But if you upload it for the purpose of art or for the purpose of education, then in that particular case, you can show you know those types of things. But if you're uploading it, if you're talking about something completely different, and then you just have it in there, and you're like, oh hey, look at you know the, this set of whatever, then in that case. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it just came out of my brain. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know what to say. Look at so, this set of yeah, whatever. So, yeah, so we won't highlight it, but like the, uh, you know, the thing is, if you <laughs> if you're doing it for education or for um, for art, then you should be you should be okay there. Yeah. So my advice to you would be this: because if you're putting up uh, nude statues. I would, I would, um, have sorry, a, uh, an Austin power scene just came into my head. <laughs> like at the yeah, end. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look at the, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Johnson. That's a Johnson. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, the canary in the coal mine, I would put up a test video with the imagery that you're thinking about using and leave it up on the platform for about a week or something like that. And, and, like if you're putting a big video together and you're putting that same imagery up there and you put it up in YouTube's automatic systems flag it because it can't tell the difference between a, 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 a statue. Yeah. YouTube makes mistakes. Sure. And, and, and that could actually hurt the yeah, velocity so a, of the original video. So it's a travel video. Yeah. So with it being a travel video, um, I think is, is long, like if it was mine, as long as I I'd wasn't, I as, would totally test that. As long as I wasn't like you know putting a really hard focus on the parts that you're worried about, um, then in that case, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it too much. But if you know if you're like yeah, I'm going to make like a whole thing about this, and yeah. basically the whole video is going to be about this statue, and yeah. I'm going to be like zooming in on stuff and all that. Right. In that case, you know, it might you know you might want to reconsider. But if it's just like hey, I'm in this, you know, I went to this thing. They have these you know famous statues here. This is those statues. Um, then in that case, you know, you, you I'm like so. I, yeah, but Renee I, I think says, you'd be okay there. Renee says, if you get flagged, appeal, but make sure you state your case in the appeal. It's educational, artistic, etc. One of the biggest mistakes creators make uh, is not making appeals, um, mm. actual appeals. Yeah, I mean, YouTube makes mistakes. They, yeah, they, totally. it, you know, a lot of their stuff is automated. It makes honest mistakes, and it has to get in front of a human. And unfortunately, sometimes it goes in front of a human, and they also make a bad call. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. If, if that were me, I, I would test that out. I would have some little test video when I put it out there. Put it on like another channel yeah, or something. Yeah, I create a second channel. I actually have a test channel yeah. just for that sort of thing. It's the throw it under the bus channel. Throw hey, it under the bus. Put it up here, see if it, uh, see if it gets hit. Canary in the coal mine. Yep, so um, uh, Renee also mentioned on the short comment um, in terms of the reply uh, with a short. He said um, they also go into the comment system, um, so it should be public. Um, he said that he would leave it on the shelf and the feed as well. Just make the answer broadly appealing. So then that way, you know, can actually, you know, um, add value to even more people. I'm not going to unsee that scene from Austin Powers out of my head now. Yeah, I know. That's going to be there for like the, the whole rest of the day. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so next up we've got, uh, see, we did the happy meal, uh, question. So we're now we're on number 11. So we've got Jimenez video productions. Um, they do all types of content. The goal of the channel is to make subscribers happy and show them different things. And the question, how does monetization work? Can you get paid daily or how does that work? So, um, you get paid monthly and uh, you have to hit a, first you have to get into the YouTube partner program. Once you're in the YouTube partner program, um, then in that particular case, any revenue that is generated, you have to very, you have to first hit a $100 threshold in order to get a payment um, of any kind. But then once you do hit that $100 threshold, um, then you can start getting monthly payments as long as you continue to uh, you know hit that threshold uh, or more every month. And you have to purify yourself in the, in the waters, waters of Lake, Lake Minnetonka. Minnetonka. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Get into the partner program these days. So Pee Wee Penguin um, has a question in here. And um, they said, highlights from uh, Gaming with Friends is the type of channel, the goal of the channels. I want to build a community or an audience that enjoys my videos. And the question is, what are some key elements um, that I should use for a thumbnail that increases my click-through rate and draw in more attention and curiosity from not only my audience, but the people that the algorithm recommends me to? So um, the, the main thing that you should think about is identification. So, you know, of course, like, you know, there's all kinds of like mysterious thumbnails on YouTube too. But when you are publishing your videos, especially when you're getting started, the easiest path and the one that, you know, um, is like it's easy to focus on like, okay, I'm gonna just focus on this one thing as like the primary part of my thumbnail so that I can get people to read my title. So it just helps people identify that it's something they care about and then they can read the title and then they can decide to click in from there versus trying to get people to, to specifically click just based on what it is that they're seeing with the thumbnail. So always remember that your thumbnail and title, they work together as a team to win the click. So because they work together as that team, make sure that you're using them both and that you're thinking of how they work together, right? So, um, so because of that, just focus all of your efforts. Like the exercise, like I mentioned earlier, the exercise that you want to run through is if the people that I'm trying to reach when YouTube recommends my content to them, for the people that I'm trying to reach when they do show them my my content on like, let's say a YouTube homepage or a mobile feed, um, what about this thumbnail is going to help the people that I'm trying to reach identify that this is about something that they might be interested in? Like start there and then build around that. Ball Junkie says, I'm actually tripping. Like falling down? I don't. Oh, I guess they were laughing. Yeah. yeah. Possibly. Oh, they saw two of us. Oh, got uh, it, got it, got similar. it, got it, got it. So, um, I was about ready to say, uh, William, that kind of stream. Yeah, right. <laughs> William, Enjoy yourself, Gregory, <laughs> William Gregory Trice op, uh, uploads when they have time. The type of channel is animated word poetry with music. Um, the goal of the channel is published poetry promotion. And the question is, are there any genres that just never take off? <laughs> After five years, we still struggle with views and comments. So the the whole thing is you want to make sure that you're just thinking about like, um, you know, like, is there any other channels that do something similar to what you do that are of any larger size on YouTube? If the answer is yes, then the problem isn't necessarily that you're, you know, that YouTube is preventing you from, you know, growing in any way. It, the problem will default down into the content and what it is that you're doing there, right? So, um, so just think or just look around, hop on YouTube and look, say, is there anybody that's doing this? And if so, are they doing okay? If they are, then in that case, um, you know, then that's where it's like, okay, well, we need to work on our uh, content in order to, uh, you know, in order to, you know, get a better response from it. So Ball Junkie says, I've been watching two different YouTube channels thinking they were the same person. Oh, that's funny. I, that I happens get, a lot. Yeah. I get so many comments where people be like, thanks, Nick. Yeah. Or yeah, you know, I get them on mine too. Do yeah. You? Mm -hmm. So this is funny. Hold on. So uh, Tish, how you doing, Tish? She says, hey, Army Men Films. I never knew that Lakeman and Taco quote was from a Prince comedy skit from Dave Chappelle until y'all said it. It's, it's from not. The movie. It's from the movie Purple Rain. It's from the movie Purple Rain. Yeah, and Dave yeah Chappelle David Chappelle a, got it from there. He yeah. did a skit on, on, yep. on that. It's from the movie yeah. Purple Rain. Yeah, you got to be old to get that one. Yeah, she, yeah. I, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't get that. Why, are they an older person? I, how am I supposed to? I don't know. I'm just asking because you said I'm surprised you didn't get that. I don't know how old are you, okay. Tish. I okay. don't know. All right. I didn't know. 
So um, Army I mean, Men she's Films. Not, she's not. She's not my age. I know that, but she's 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 not a, a teenager either. Army Men Films is our uh, next question. Twenty five. They upload uh, when they have time. Um, they have been making videos for less than a month. The type of channel is a Army Men stop motion channel. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yes, I'm old. The goal. Th <laughs> I don't know how old you are. The, the goal of the channel says I wanted to share my work and hobbies, so I started my channel to share my stop motion videos. And the question is, will people not like your channel or your videos if you are younger or look and sound younger? Also, thank you for making these videos and live streams. They help a lot. I'm glad you said this. So here's. Can I? Can I, can I just say something what just about happened? that? Here. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Nick and I were just talking about this uh, yesterday. You have tech problems over there? Yeah, the, the slow mode was just turned on somehow. Oh, weird. Okay, yeah. yeah so Nick and I were just talking on. about this yesterday. Uh, both of us have learned how to do a lot of things, be it oh, software, how to do various things online, by listening, by watching videos where people, you know, just faceless videos where it's obviously someone yeah, we just talking about significantly yeah. younger, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, and, and the way you know, and this is no offense to someone that's younger in here, but, you know, you, the, the voice is different and they, most younger people on YouTube have yet to, to, to learn how to speak with some confidence in their videos. Mm -hmm. So I, I've watched so many videos where you click on it and be like, um, um, okay, guys, yeah. uh, so today we're going to, I'm going to teach you how to, uh, be, we're going to use Vegas Pro and I'm going to yep. show you, but they're amazing. Yeah. They're amazing. So yeah. I just want to say, if they're you're not young, at that point where they're putting in all the fluff right, and they're no, like going amazing, on stuff. Yeah. They're just like, Hey, hey straight guys, value. Straight this is how yeah. you do the thing. Right. So I'm going to yeah, show you totally. how to do the thing. Yeah. And yeah. Listen, if you're a younger person and you're doing this stuff on YouTube, I want to say, keep going. Yeah. Because even old people like myself, we learn from you. Yeah. Keep going. Don't let anybody tell you that you're too young. Get on there and make stuff. Yeah. I learn from you all the time. Yeah, and, and with that, too, and I accidentally uh, hey closed the questions. It's always like that, too. Oh, hey, guys. <laughs> yeah, so so on that one, um, I got this uh, this music-making machine, and uh -huh. I couldn't find any good tutorials. Like, every tutorial that I was watching, uh -huh. it was just like a bunch of just nonsense. The no, looper? it wasn't the looper. It was the, uh, the Native Instruments, uh, the machine one. And uh, on that one, every video that I watched from an adult was just like, you know, hey, all this other stuff and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, okay, that's great. You know, where's the thing? And then you get to it, and then they have like a whole other thing. And I'm just like, oh, come on, come on. So I start watching other videos, and then I find this one. It's this, it's this, it's this girl and gets right into it. Okay, if you have a machine, you're probably having trouble finding videos that yeah. you know, help you set it up. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I do. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then she's like, you know, so I'm going to show you here in just a few minutes how to set it up. I'm like, sweet, this isn't even going to take long. Right. And she's like, the first thing you want to do is, and yeah. I'm like, oh my God, she's doing it. Yeah. She's doing it. She's doing the thing. And, yeah. And then I like, I, I just followed step by step and I got it all set up to work with my, um, you know, my music uh, software. And uh, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. So, so yeah, if you're, if you're a young person, do not let that like yeah. shatter your confidence in any way, shape or form. Yeah. You still have value to add yes. to young people to older people even if you even if you are a young person and you're doing like entertainment content that might not necessarily be something that an older person would watch people your age are still going to watch it right so like i have um friends here actually one of them um he came on the stream uh, uh i think it's three saturdays ago jesse and um when jesse was on the stream he initially got his start um by his kids channels where he was making like family vlogs you know around his kids and you know a majority of their audience was also kids of their age so when they would go out you know to malls and things like that it was always you know kids of their age that were running up to them and you know trying to get pictures and stuff like that so it's like uh uh you know like yeah make make 
content for your, you know, for your, for your, uh, you know, yeah. for your, for your age, for people of your age. Yeah. And I think, and, and I don't know if, in, if it's in just instinctual, but I notice. so I, I've made the transition to, I mean, I'm, I've still got a PC here for streaming, but I'm, I'm 90% uh, through the transfer of jumping from uh, being a PC user for, I don't know, 20 plus years over to doing everything on a Mac. And because of that, I've had to watch so many tutorials recently on how to do everything e even simple things like figuring out how to use like the notepad mm. correctly and i come across so many young people making videos and in my opinion even though there's smaller channels because i'm searching for it too sure. right I'm, I'm searching for how to do this thing mm -hmm. and i generally don't click on the the <laughs> larger polished youtubers for this sort of thing mm -hmm. because it's just most of them just take too long to get into the thing and mm -hmm. there's sponsorship stuff and there's all these things and it's not that i don't want to support them it's just that i don't have a lot of time to get through you know the, the 15 things about mac that you need to do yeah just you, you know here's this you know 12 year old kid who's just going to teach me the one thing that i'm interested in and there's no fluff and it's just and like, hey adults listen to this you know yeah yeah and it's too. just like i click on it's like okay so right. the first thing you want to do is this and it's like man you, you got me right and i watch them and then i go to their channel and then they're doing stuff unrelated to that and you lose me <laughs> totally but i think they i think a lot of younger people are instinctually just cutting out the fluff yeah at least so for the, at least for the people that i'm finding yeah uh, behind the videos um, is our uh, next question here. They uh, tell stories of YouTubers. The goal of the channel is to tell motivating and interesting stories of YouTubers and what YouTubers are doing. The question is, how do I make a viewer satisfied for my video? My viewers, uh, my videos are usually talking about YouTube stories like the surprising rise of Eric. So when you are um, going for dissatisfaction for your videos, you need to look at your audience retention reports um, and just look at the feedback that you're getting from your videos. That's how you start crafting that over time. So if you notice when people are coming into your videos, they're leaving Real quick then that means they're not satisfied so therefore they're getting out of there because they're not getting what they expected when they clicked on that content um, now the same thing applies just so you know when it comes to your thumbnails and titles too so you know part of creating a satisfactory experience on YouTube is matching the expectation on the inside that is created from the outside. So for example, you know, if somebody's clicking on something, they're expecting something, you know, on that back end, you know, that's why they're clicking on it. So if, I mean, in shorts, it's different, but like when it comes to somebody, you know, clicking on like a thumbnail and a title on YouTube, they're expecting something on the other end of that based on what they were presented with, right? Based on what you said in the title or showed in the title and based on what you say in the, or in the thumbnail and based on what you say in the title. So what happens is if you can align the outside perfectly with what's happening on the inside and then you match their expectation, then they're likely to stick around longer, especially if you don't add a bunch of stuff that causes them to leave, you know, a bunch of self-centered stuff that causes them to leave. Um, because, you know, one thing that content creators also like to do is they like to front load their videos with all kinds of things that are beneficial to them. And when they're doing that, they're not thinking about the viewer, right? So, um, so because of that, just make sure that you are, you know, focusing on the viewer experience and that you're using the feedback that you get in your YouTube analytics that shows you how people are responding to what it is that you're doing and then build on from there other things in terms of satisfaction if you notice like hey these videos that i'm putting out you know people are liking these videos a lot more compared to some of these other videos i'm putting out i wonder why and then start coming up with theories and then start testing those theories against additional content um, same exact thing if you're like man this comment section just lit up underneath this video why do i think that is and then go in start making theories start testing those theories that you come up with and you'll you'll find that path um that you know that that people you know will, will respond to and have that satisfactory experience with most of the content you upload 
So I have some people asking me why I'm uh, changing to Mac. And that's actually a great question. So I used Mac originally, like, I don't know, 25 plus years ago, 30 mm-hmm. years ago, whatever. I started on Mac. And then back when Mac was Apple back when, yeah, back yeah. when it was Apple <laughs> um, and I was on video editing back then. And it was like the like the original final cut. So however long the original final cut was, I was using Apple before that even. Mm-hmm. So when I was on video editing, uh, it was just an early version. It was always crashing, crash, crashing. So I ended up switching to PC and then I w- I've been on PC forever until I got Logic Pro. Mm-hmm. And then we started doing all the creator mix music and stuff like that. And just through using the Mac daily uh, for music production, uh, I, I just really kind of fell in love with it. And I just love now how seamless everything is between like, because I use an iPad as well. So mm-hmm. I have like multiple iPhones. I've got my iPad. Uh, I, I've got my Mac and everything is just super, super. Yeah. And the watch, everything mm-hmm. is just seamless. Uh, just sending stuff back and forth. And I was like, you know what? It's just, it's just, it will be so much easier if I can just move on to one system in the video editing software that I was using on PC, which is Vegas, uh, it's just, man, it just turned into a hot pile of garbage. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to push through the pain and just instead of traveling with two computers, right. I, I'm just going to travel with one, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a little painful. Not going to lie. It's awkward. Yeah. Another thing too, is like these, uh, the, they, like, they start up fast. Um, being able to quickly share things like, you know, all around without having to like AirDrop. install anything extra yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. like that. It's just like everything just like works seamlessly. It's great. I I, per, I love the PC. cloud where things are like syncing up yeah, all over the place. Yeah, totally. yeah, I, I love PC and I love building. I love like all, all of my older workhorses were all built. I, I built all the PCs, all the video machines. Uh, so I love PC. It's just time to to um, think different. Ching, ching. Yeah. Nice. See what you did there. Apple. Matt. Comedian uh, Miss Anita says, do you have any suggestions for comedy channels? Absolutely. Check out Ryan George. Um, in addition to that, Dee and I were talking about Key and Peele earlier today, oh so God, I figured I I'd throw guys. that one in there, too. Love those guys. But yeah, check it, check those out if you're looking for uh, comedy inspiration. I think my favorite skit is the school teacher that's that's pronouncing all the names incorrectly. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've seen that one. Come on, where it's like Aaron, and he's like, hey, hey, Ron. Oh, no, you haven't seen, seen that. that? One, no. Oh my, that's one of their that's no. one of their best things. Yeah, I should actually binge some of those uh, yeah, yeah. tonight. He's yeah. reading off he's reading off the kids' names, mm. and it's like you know Aaron, and, and he's like, "Hey, Aaron, you haven't seen that one? <laughs> no. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it sounds great. Like yeah. I can envision. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's great. The creature junkie, what's going on? Hope that you are doing fantastic. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the stream. The blue lounge is our next question. They do daily content, but on YouTube for a year or more. Um, the type of channel is Chelsea uh, fan channel, uh, uh, football team uh, fan club fan channel, I guess. And the goal of the channel is to help give a voice to the fans. Question: I've been uploading content for a few near a few years now, and I found the algorithm changing a lot over the years. It feels very random these days to what content is recommended on YouTube. Can you please explain how the recommendation part of the algorithm is working? Thank you for your help. Um, I've learned a great deal from watching you guys. So when it comes to YouTube system, the whole idea is they're trying to put the right content in front of the right people at the right time to have them have a good experience on the platform so that they'll keep coming back to the platform. So that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what they're trying to accomplish. Um, So in terms of how the system works, the system is basically trying to identify like when when let's say you log on to YouTube when you log on to YouTube you open it up on your phone you open it up on your computer in that moment their system is saying okay 
what's recently been published that this person is, you know, might enjoy. Um, what old content based around, you know, other content that this person's watching, content that this person's searching for, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, what other content do we have, you know, in the inventory that other people like this person, like you, um, are also enjoying right now. And let's present some of that stuff to them, uh, some of that content to them. And then from there, um, based on how people respond to the content, then, you know, that's basically where videos go to, you know, thrive or die. So um, the whole thing there is the goal is and always has been as soon as they switch to watch time as the priority, right? Back in October of 2012, the, the goal is and always has been viewer experience, right? Like even back, you know, when people were at click baiting and the only thing that mattered was, you know, getting people to click at that time, the experience is more on like getting people to click, but then they changed it to watch time back in uh, 2012. And when they changed it to that, then they use watch time as one of the, you know, key metrics to translate how are people really enjoying this content? Because if you watch something for a long period of time, that's a good indicator. It may not be perfect, but it's a good indicator um, that you know they're they're enjoying that content. If they come in and they they watch the video for you know 15 seconds and they leave, good indicator that they weren't getting what they expected there. So because of that, as a content creator, if you focus on that viewer experience and creating you know good content for people and making it easy for them to get through, then in that particular case, you know your videos are probably going to do okay. Um, but if you're adding in a bunch of stuff that doesn't add value to the viewer you are adding fluff in there because you're just trying to get over you know videos over a certain length and you know things like that then that's where you can start you know running into uh, problems but at the end of the day um, you know the the thing that you the thing that you're was. focused on Macintosh. is just creating a good experience for the people that are going to be interacting with your content and when you do that um, then you know then everything works out uh, you know everything will end up working out for you yeah, Mac was Macintosh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Macintosh it was. Yeah, yeah, Apple, yeah. yeah, It's been a long uh, I time. I thought the first one was like an Apple IIe or something like know. that, wasn't it? But it was, it was Macintosh. Oh, okay. Man, it's been a long time. I'm not know. a Mac you historian, can, so yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, Rene Ritchie can tell us. He, oh. he, he's literally a Mac a historian. A Mac historian, like literally. Yeah, 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 yeah. literally. He's a That's Mac true. historian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Rene. <laughs> yeah. Don't Let us go, Rene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, next up, Blue Lounge. My pleasure. Next up, um, we have the project to question. Oh, another thing, Blue Lounge um, is, of course, you know, because of the new, you know, updates, you know, in terms of like, you know, YouTube on shorts and, you know, things like that. There's all that whole side of things going on as well. Um, and, you know, like one thing to think about there just to kind of keep going on your question. Um, one thing to think about there is like, you know, it still applies there in terms of that viewer experience. Like are people, you know, enjoying the content? And then, of course, another thing that I didn't mention when it comes to the there's the viewer experience, but then there's also making content that's accessible for as many people as possible. So, of course, you know, it's it's usually best practice to, you know, niche down. But within your niche, try to talk about topics that are of, you know, uh, that that will reach or be of interest to as many people within that niche as possible. Um, that can also, you know, make a big difference in terms of, you know, the response that you're getting on your channel overall. Project Equestrian, hope you're doing great, says um, they do equestrian content. The goal is to make money doing something I love. And the question is... I've had a company reach out to send me a free pair of work boots, which are actually quite useful. This is the first time a company has sent me anything. Any tips on how I should be responding to this? So first, you know what it goes, you know what goes into you making a video. So I'm not sure, you know, if it takes you a while um, to make videos. I don't know if, you know, you would have made another video in the place of that, you know, sponsored video or whatever. 
But, you know, um, if the work boots themselves are of value to you because you're like, yeah, they're nice boots and they're actually quite useful, then in that case, the boots might be enough. Everybody's different about this sort of thing. Some people are like, I'm not making anything unless they give me some money. Other people are like, I'm not making anything unless this this thing that they're sending me is of a certain, you know, dollar value. Other people are like, I don't care if it's something I'll use, then they send it to me, I'll make a video about it, right? So it just comes down to like your personal thing there. But um, uh, the thing that I recommend that you do is just consider, you know, that, you know, if they were making, if you're gonna make like a dedicated video for them or something like that, or even mention them, keep in mind that, you know, in order for people to pay to have content made for them and to, or to pay, you know, influencers to work with them, all of that stuff, it's, it's costly. And in a lot of cases, it's way cheaper to just send out free products to content creators. And a lot of companies will take advantage of that, which in some cases, depending on your perspective on this, which again, it's different for everybody. Um, some people can also see this as these companies are also using this as a way to take advantage of content creators, because then instead of making paying to make the content or paying someone else to make the content instead, they just send you a pair of boots and you're like, hey, this is great. Let me make some videos about it, right? Or let me mention them in my videos. So, you know, it just comes down to like your personal stance on that. But some things in terms of how you should be responding to this, the very first thing I recommend is if you are putting out content on a consistent basis, you're getting a decent amount of, you know, average views to where you think you would be able to, you know, send them, um, you know, some traffic or you'd be able to spread a lot of awareness about what it is that they have. Then in that particular case, I would try since the door's already open and they already, you know, know who you are and they're sending you stuff. Um, Make your first video, um, have that video, you know, make it as good as you can. Make sure that you, you know, mention their stuff if that was part of your agreement. Make sure that you disclose that, you know, make sure that you click on, you know, YouTube's checkbox um, for the disclosure, mention in your video that they gave it to you. Um, but the thing that I recommend is since you already have that door open, if you're comfortable doing this, try to hop on a phone call with them and try to work out like a longer term arrangement um, to where it's like, hey, you know, um, you sent me your boots, but um, you know, I would love to, you know, feature you in my content on a regular basis. And in order to do that, um, you know, for this, you know, I would, I charge, you know, whatever it is that you feel comfortable charging based on what you think that you'd be able to deliver to them. Um, I charge, you know, X amount and I would love to, uh, you know, make a video about, uh, your company, uh, you know, for, um, once a month for the next six months, uh, is that something that you would be interested in doing? And in some cases they'll be like, you know, yeah, that that's exactly what we're looking for. In other cases, they'll be like, oh, sorry, we're not interested in that. We just have this this extra product that we send out to influencers and that's kind of our you know way of doing it and that's cool you know if that's if that's all they want to do but you know just taking that initiative to you know try to turn it into something um, that's a you know longer commitment on their side um, can definitely be advantageous you know to you and to them and to your viewers because when you are just highlighting and this is one of the things that you know I always try to remind people of when I'm in this in that negotiation process is when they send you a product or, you know, you have some type of sponsor deal. If you make one piece of content, there's going to be just a sub segment of your audience. that's going to see that. But if you have a contract with them over the next like six months or the next year, your viewers are going to be continually exposed to that product. Now, this does a, a handful of different things. The very first is one that keeps things consistent for you to where you have that monthly income coming in from that, you know, relationship. Two, it keeps that continued exposure going out about the brand, which, you know, helps them out. Three, it also is something to where if you truly believe in the product, you are also giving yourself multiple opportunities over the course of those next six months to um, spread awareness about that product, you know, with the people that are interacting with it or that are interacting with your videos. And then you are also showing to your viewers 
that not only am I, you know, using this um, in my videos for this like one video, but I am continually over a period of time supporting um, this particular product, which essentially means that you stand behind the product. So, you know, anybody can make one video, but when you're like, yeah, you know, I, I, I really like these boots or this company that makes these boots and I wear them. Um, I wear them, you know, even before we did the sponsor deal, whatever, or if you didn't, then in that case you wear them and you're like, wow, these are great. Um, if you think they're great, then in that case, you know, um, uh, you know, just make them a part of what it is that you do in your videos, always be wearing them in your videos. Just take a quick moment to mention them without being, you know, without being too interrupted with it and just put links in your video descriptions to where people can go and, um, and get those boots, um, or, you know, reach out to, you know, to where they can go and, you know, buy something from that company. But I would definitely hop on a call with them and, um, and see if you can work out some type of longer um, agreement because again, that adds value all the way around to everybody as long as they have good products and as long as you, you know, truly stand behind what it is that they offer. Yeah, and if somebody sends you something, don't feel obligated to make a video about it right. unless you wanna make a video about it. Right. Because there's like this weird guilt thing that happens. Like, oh, they sent me this thing. I almost feel like I need to talk about it. Right. You don't. Right. You, don't you don't need to talk yeah. about it. You don't unless, about unless you had a pre, you know, unless you had a, a, an agreement in place already. Even then, if they send it to you and it's not what you thought it was going to be and it's not quality and you don't think it's it's good for your community, even if they send it to you right. and you said you make a video about it, say, you know what? You send it to me. Yeah, and send it back. I'll, yeah, send it back. Yeah, if you're like, yeah, I got this in my hand and it's like, these boots actually are not that great, yeah. then yeah, send it back. Yeah. 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 So um, really quick, um, Legal Minded Friends Karen says, uh, what does the FTC stand for? That stands for Federal Trade Commission. And um, what you, like the thing with the FTC is right now, um, they actually just updated some guidelines and things like that for content creators. Um, I haven't had a chance to really dig into it uh, yet this week, um, but the quick skimming that I did, and don't take this as gospel, because like I said, this is, you know, I, I just had a little bit of time to skim over it. But basically what, um, like they're making our disclosures. Maybe Making our life more difficult. Yeah, essentially, yeah, making things more <laughs> difficult for us under the guise of uh, you know pr consumer protection, but but really it is. So um, basically, the whole thing with disclosures is you have to disclose when you have affiliate relationships, sponsor relationships, things like that. And the reason for that is because it lets people know that you might be biased in some way, and that the message that you're sharing might be skewed in some way because you are benefiting from it personally, right? So for example, if I'm like, hey, this iPhone is fantastic and it's sponsored, I may or may not really think that this iPhone is fantastic, but I'm might be telling you that it is because it's sponsored, right? Because so, you're a shill. Because I'm a shill for Apple. So because of that, um, the whole thing with the FTC is they're trying to protect people from that. So that's why you have to have those disclosures so that you tell people, you know, hey, this is sponsored by, or, you know, this brand sent me this. Um, and uh, by doing that, you're basically letting people know that the message that you're sharing could be biased in some way. But some of the stuff that they're working on um, through this new information. Again, this is from my quick glancing at it. So I'll update you on this later. But basically, um, the initial things that I saw is that, um, like for TikTok was one of the examples they gave. Um, for there, just saying that a company sent you something is no longer going to be enough. You have to actually, and using a hashtag ad is no longer going to be enough. You're going to have to actually burn ad into the video itself. So you're going to have to actually have overlay text that says ad that you put uh, on your video, which is interesting. That's so stupid. In addition to that, um, they also, um, man, what was the other one that I was going to say? Um, there was another one that really stood out too. Um, are they making TV shows do that in the U.S.? No, like, I don't like, think like so. a talk show? No, I don't think so. Right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's yeah, ridiculous. It is. Right? But but like um I, I think the other one is where 
like in the videos, even on like YouTube, for example, like we're not going to be able to just say like, oh, hey, you know, Apple sent me this phone um, and, you know, these are my thoughts about it or anything like that. Like you have to, you know, explain things in more detail. So it's crystal clear without question that, you know, that, that, you know, that you, your, you know, your opinion might be biased on what it is that you're sharing. So um, basically through the changes, they're just making it a lot more, uh, a lot more, transparent, I should say, um, for content creators when they do have those agreements. Oh, this is what stood out. Okay. So everybody here that's watching this, if you watch my content at any point in time, you know, of course, that I'm sponsored by TubeBuddy and um, StreamYard is two, you know, two of the other, you know, there, I have other sponsors too, but those are like the main sponsors Chill. of this stream. So one of the, <laughs> one of the things there is because I'm sponsored by them and I have a relationship with them, technically, if I end up making another video that's not sponsored, but I happen to mention them, then I still am supposed to make that disclosure as well that, that have, I have that relationship that you, with them, even though that content isn't sponsored. That's ridiculous. Layer it up. So we Layer have a it, link to go. we have a link to streamer templates in the description. Okay. So since you're my brother, I'm gonna have to disclose that that link is there because you're my brother. Which is stupid. Because like that you know link, what? it's a raw link. I'm not even you making money from it. As of today, but I'm still you have a, to do that. As of today, you are a 0.5% owner of that website. Okay, perfect. There we go. Yep, deal. Sweet. There we go. There we go. Got it on. Got it on. Uh, got it on video. Come at me, FTC. Yep. There we I go. I can do this all day. Yep. <laughs> I can do this all day. Come at him on his channel, please. Yeah. Not here. I can do this all day. <laughs> all day long, I can do this. So these coming in with fast solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Like give every content creator like yeah. a point zero 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 one percent ownership. Equity is about to come become the thing, <laughs> right? When you're when you're negotiating the sponsorship uh, deals, equity. That's where it's at. Uh, real quick, so Renee. Oh, and here's another one. Oh, yeah. go ahead, D. I don't know. Keep staying on topic. Oh, I just really this. quick. Yeah, Renee also mentioned that if um if you review Apple and Samsung has um ever sponsored you. Sounds like you're going to have to disclose that you had a competitive sponsor in the past. And oh, that's stupid. There's also something called like um, 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 anti what's it called? Anti influence or anti sponsor or something like that. But basically, the whole idea is to where I'm sponsored by this. So I talk bad about this. So even if you are like if you're sponsored by one company, if you talk bad about their competitors, even if it's not related to any of the content you made it for them because you have that relationship, you also have to disclose that you work with their competitor and that your opinion could be biased. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. So that freedom isn't free, people. Remember that. Yeah. Right. That's, right? that's absolutely free. ridiculous. Yeah. I think we should take to the streets. Yeah. Creator Club. All right. See, Creator we, Club. Yeah. You see, just, here it goes. We just went full circle <laughs> on the Creator Club oh, all over the world. Don't talk about it. Yeah. We're yeah, not going to talk, talk about it. We can't yeah, talk, talk about, about it. Club. But yeah. uh, I'll see you uh, tomorrow, yeah. sir. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're still not sleeping for the next two months. Yes. Then I guess. Yes. Okay. Well, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so Renee, we're back to the app real quick because this is this or back to the Mac because this is important. Uh, Renee is talking about the the new, the new um, chips that uh, Apple has and he's talking mm. about how it's like having two computers in one. Right. This is true. So on my, I actually have two two um, Macs now. I've got a Mac Mini and I've got a, um, a MacBook Pro. Both of them are on the M1 chip. I was editing on the M1 chip on my, my MacBook Pro, and I had, I was editing and rendering. Photoshop was open, Logic was open, Discord was open, Chrome was open, Safari was open. Like, no, like all this stuff was open, and it wasn't even like, 
I could have probably opened up another video editor and like edited video while the other one was rendering. Nice. I mean, it wasn't even like this so, on the M1. Yeah. No. It, I mean, it it was nothing. It was nothing for it at all. Like, yeah. This has the M1 in it. Yeah. And it, just it burns through everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was like nothing else was open. Yeah. And it was it was ridiculous. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is like my PC, my most powerful PC would not do that yeah. with that many things open. Yep. Just wouldn't do it. Super chat. Derek Weber, thank you for the super, super chat. chat. Says on the subject of receiving products from brands, should we have PO boxes set up for safety and security? If you want that extra layer, yes. Some people are kind of irresponsible about that, and they are, um, or I'm not going to say irresponsible. They just don't, you know, find it important to, you know, protect their safety. Um, but some people will just put like raw descriptions or raw like address links and not links, but just raw addresses in their descriptions. Like, hey, if you want to send me something, send it here. I recommend absolutely creating that layer between you and you know the general public. Um, um, you know, anybody that, you know, you're having, you know, like closer relationships with, then of course, you know, that changes there. But like um, just the general, you know, public, um, I would definitely try to create some type of layer of, uh, you know, safety or security there by using a P.O. box or, you know, something like that um, in order to to do that. Yeah, pick, absolutely. Pick, pick like an old lady down the street or an the old <laughs> man down the street, build a relationship <laughs> with them, mow their yard and have your stuff sent there. Yeah. So when you go to see them, like we got all these packages for you. Yeah. Totally protected. The the only downside I can do it all day. All day. Yeah. All day delivery companies. All day. All day. Come at yeah. me, UPS, the, FedEx, all day. The uh the, stalkers the, all day long. The downside of P.O. boxes is I believe it's FedEx that doesn't send to P.O. boxes if they're still uh really? doing that. Yeah. So um I would just double check and make sure that um that uh that FedEx will send to there because you know a lot of companies do use That's uh, crazy. FedEx. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm -hmm. well, that's a really weird rule. Mm-hmm. It's probably just, you know, security it's probably or, owned you know, by whatever. stalkers. That's what it is. You know, it probably is. Yeah, They're FedEx like, you know what? what? Add this person to our database. Yeah. 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 Confirmed right here. You heard it first. FedEx is the feds. It's right in front of us. Fed FedEx. Fed oh, no. oh, no. He's going tinfoil hat on yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> FedEx is the feds. It's the yeah. database. Now let's They're start to put your name in a database, and it's going to get all, all your names. It's going to connect who your friends are with. Yep, the frogs are delivering packages the now. You got the frogs. frogs are delivering packages. Yep, the frogs delivering. <laughs> the frogs are driving the trucks. They're driving around to get your names in the database. Oh. It's all right here in the phones, folks. It's all right oh. here. I got it all right here confirmed. <laughs> My sources told me that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So great. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Phones are driving the trucks now. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. So uh, what were we talking about? I, okay, it doesn't here even we go. matter okay, what we're, we're talking yeah. about after that. We're on a list now. Oh, we're on a great. list. We're on the Fed yep. X list. Yeah, the Fed X list. The Fed yep. X list. Yeah, we're the X's. Right. Okay, it's been so, right in front of us the whole time. Yep. So, so now... X. Yes. Yeah, so, so now you get to make up a bunch of numbers and how they relate to FedEx. That's right. Right. Well, if you take if you take three, Fed is three letters. Right. right? You start making up some stuff right. there in order to make it make yeah. sense. Yeah, it's great. When the stream is over, we're going to uh, the conspiracy uh, subreddit. <laughs> I'll see you over there. We're going to start a whole new thing <laughs> about yeah. FedEx. Yeah. That's funny. About, yeah. Okay. So just joking about all that FedEx stuff, by the way. Except for the frogs driving I'm trucks. Not. Yeah, the frogs uh, yeah. definitely driving trucks. All confirmed, all confirmed so right here, confirmed. folks. Got it's it right all confirmed here. right here. So <laughs> Got it all right here. Oh, goodness. Got the bisphenol A all in the frogs driving the trucks. Free it's labor? It's official. They're going to put you in camp. Free labor <laughs> law advice. And uh, with... with, uh, with uh, Incum, I believe is how you say that. Um, they upload one time per week or more. They've been on YouTube for one year or more. Um, the type of channel is education. They do labor law content. And the goal of the channel is to increase labor um, absorption rate. A lot of people are unfairly dismissed in um, SA. And this increases the uh, unemployment rate. Therefore, I'm in creating awareness 
of employment law rights. The question is, does a content creator have to wait until he has fancy equipment or mobile phone to record videos, or can you use what you have as long as you upload? Use what you have. So yeah. use what you have, but you know, if, if the type of content you have requires creativity, then in that case, you know, just try to get as creative as you can with what it is that you have right now. So especially with YouTube shorts, um, if we've learned anything from, you know, vertical content just in general, YouTube shorts, um, there's tons of people just like, you know, hitting the record button, talking into the camera and they're growing like huge followings, yeah. um, you know, just from that on like TikTok and YouTube and all the other vertical places. So um, by all means, like get started. And the reason you don't want to wait until you get, you know, all the equipment is because um, there's additional things that you have to just get sorted, you know, as part of being a content creator, like you got to learn how to make thumbnails, you got to learn how to make, you know, good videos, you got to learn how to edit those videos, you got to learn how to, you know, present whatever it is that you have, either you're using your voice, or you have to be, learn how to build AI content, if that's what you're doing. Like, um, you know, you have to learn how to put everything, you know, together and to do the information, you have to learn how to optimize your content, all that. So um, because of that, when you just get started with what you have, then you just get in motion, right? You yeah. get in motion, you start making stuff, getting it up there. And most importantly, out of all of that, you also start getting feedback. So when you start getting feedback, then that can also, you know, let you know, like, hey, I'm on the right path. I don't ever need to upgrade stuff if I don't want to. Yeah. I have a friend of mine here in Thailand. Um, he doesn't Chris. target. Yeah, Chris. Chris? Yeah. yeah, he doesn't target uh, Thai people. Um, he targets, you know, uh, uh, Westerners or foreigners, um, English speakers. But basically, he grew his YouTube channel to over 100,000 subscribers in 10 months Quickly. just using his iPhone with no additional microphone attached to it. Yep, just, just, just running around running around Thailand, you know, talking to the camera, 100,000 subscribers in 10 months. I've got a video on my channel, um, you know, where he shares, shares the details of that. So by all means, do not let the equipment, you know, hold you back. What you have to say and how you say it is significantly more important than the gear you use to say it with. Correct. Mm, that's good. That's really good. All actually. day. All that's day. good. All day. Yeah. Bring it, microphone companies. Let's go. Bring it. Let's yeah. go. So um, next up on our list here, give me one second. Let me find the question. So we got Eagle, Eagle for Life is the name of the channel. The, they do Pokemon openings. And the goal of the channel says, have some fun while doing something that I love. And the question is, should I ever use music in a video? Totally your call. So when it comes to music, that's more of a, of a choice. So if you're putting together like, you know, documentaries, things like that, then of course, you know, music, you know, has a, you know, definitely has a place there, but you know, you are the one that decides like, okay, with what it is that I'm doing, would music support, you know, what it is that I'm doing? So one thing that music can do is like, let's say you're opening up a card, and you're not going to be talking, then you can say like, okay, here we go, let's open this up. And then you have some like epic build up music playing while you're like, you know, getting everything open. And then you're doing those like first reveals or whatever. Um, and then it just kind of, you know, the music stops, and then you start talking again with your excitement, like, oh, you know, we got this and blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so you can use music in that way. So you can use it in creative ways to kind of enhance what it is that you're doing. But it's not a requirement, you know, uh, uh, by any means. When it comes to using music, some other things to keep in mind is you could use music that your audience is not interested in so that's going to be something that you're going to have to test and you also want to make sure you don't make your music too loud i've come across a lot of videos where the music is just too loud and i'm just like i can't even hear what you're saying yeah so you've got to learn how to get that blend in just right and you know put something up and then see how your audience responds to it you're going to find out fairly quickly what they like and what they don't like totally yeah like you might just be putting the wrong type of music out for your audience. Look at your demographics and test music that, you know, that might fit them. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. 
Save that. Okay. So next question that we have um, is from we're on number twenty already. D. We're cruising wow. through these today. So next up, we've got uh, poop scoop for noobs. What's going on, man? It's been a while. Says, uh, let's see here. They upload when they have time. They've been on YouTube for one year or more. They have a scooper business. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with what that is, basically they go into people's yards and they pick up the stuff that the dogs leave behind, um, and they do that as a service. Um, the Sounds goal, like something the feds would do. Gold dog oh boy, frogs. Would probably do it too. So the goal of the channel is to inspire others to start their own business. And the question is, when it comes to live streams, should they be added in playlists with your other live streams to trigger a watch time trap and data relationships? Or should live streams be put in a playlist of similar topics and title structure? Great question. Man. Topics. Holy, we've had great questions. We have. Yeah, these are wow. more unique today. It's great. Yeah. So topics are important. So what you want to think about when you're putting a playlist together is it's not necessarily about like, you know, how I'm structuring my titles or anything like that. It's about, does it make sense for somebody that watches video A to watch video B? And if they watch video B, does it make sense for them to watch video C and so on based on what it is that you have in that playlist? Um, so it's it's less about, you know, um, like, you know, titles and, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, I, I kind of see what you're suggesting there in terms of like the relationship thing. But when it comes to playlists, you want to think about the viewer, right? So if I'm driving people into this playlist from a video and in the end screens of all my videos and let's say my pinned comments of all my videos, then in that particular case, um, I want to make sure that one, that the originating video at the very top of that playlist, I want to not the original video, but the video at the top of that playlist, I need to make sure it's a good fit for all of the videos I'm going to be sending into that particular playlist. And then from there, I need to make sure that it makes sense for somebody to be interested in the other videos in that playlist based on the videos that they've watched before them. So that's the only qualifier there when it comes to putting content into a playlist. It's just thinking about that viewer experience and the content that they might watch next. Next, we've got uh, potato. Uh, sorry, last two potatoes. Okay, like that Love channel it. name. Love it. They do gaming content. The goal of the channel says we want to make funny gaming videos, but also allow our community to be in the videos. And the question is, would it be better for us to add keywords that have a lower search better than going for higher volume? We have over 1,400 subscribers, but are not getting a great view to subscriber ratio. Just don't know what can be better for a very small creator. So you're already at 1,400 subscribers, which means that you've gotten a decent amount of uh, views on your content so far. So one thing that I would recommend to you is like, yes, you know, consider YouTube search if, you know, search is how people typically, you know, find uh, your content, but also keep in mind that, you know, when it comes to you getting, you know, like deciding like, okay, should I go for like lower, uh, you know, competition, high volume, you know, search keywords, that's just general best practice when it comes to, uh, you know, search targeting. Of course, when you have, you know, more, uh, like when you're really good at making content and you know that you can have a good chance at, you know, showing up somewhere because you know that the video that you are making or at least you think that the video that you're making can compete with the other videos that are in the search results, you can still go after, you know, um, high competition, uh, uh, you know, keywords and keyword phrases too. But at the end of the day, just make sure you're not only thinking about YouTube search because, you know, search is great. It's consistent. Um, it's easy to get views from search because you're only competing for people, you know, for those terms, the people that are, that are actually seeing your, uh, your thumbnails and titles there. They're actually looking for your type of content. Like there's tons of advantages, but where you really start winning is like, yes, absolutely. Search traffic's great. But if you want like fast wins on YouTube, you also have to make sure that you're considering YouTube recommendations, which is basically, you know, home pages, subscription feed. Uh, it's also, uh, you know, uh, suggested videos, you know, those sorts of things. And the reason you want to think about that is because just a, just a easy way to 
explain this. If you made a video today and the only place that it was getting traffic was YouTube search, in order to wake up in that video have, let's say 10,000 views on it, then in that particular case, you would have to have a lot of people searching for that particular thing within the last 24 hours. So it's going to be less likely that unless you're going for something that is just extremely popular or trending or something like that, that you're going to get all of that traffic, you know, very fast from YouTube search. Whereas when it comes to the recommendation system, if you can figure out how to get your audience to identify that your content, something that they care about, and then click on it and come in and enjoy your videos. And that happens consistently when YouTube is showing your content to, you know, the audience that you're trying to reach. If you can make that happen, then you can go to sleep and you can wake up with, you know, 10,000, 20,000 views if people are responding well to your content. So, you know, the difference is speed and just overall quick reach when it comes to YouTube happens in the recommendation system compared to uh, YouTube search. But YouTube search is fantastic when you're getting started, when you're first trying to get legs, when you're trying to, you know, um, make sure that the right people are watching your videos and things like that. YouTube search is great for that. Um, in addition to that, like it's just a super stable traffic source. So like if you have a decent amount of videos that are ranking well in search, then it can keep your channel relatively, you know, consistent. Whereas if you look in your analytics, you're going to see, you know, your recommendation features uh, or your recommendation traffic is kind of all over the place. So Japan Geek, thank you for the super chat. It says my videos receive rapid super views, chat. but drops very quickly before my views remain consistent. One week until the next video, any advice? Um, so basically what's happening is people are not responding to your videos the way that they used to, or the other content that you're competing with is beating you out um, in terms of how people are responding to those videos. And when you're thinking of other content that you're competing with, a lot of content creators, just a you know quick nugget for everybody, a lot of content creators think that they're only competing with other people in their niche, but they're actually competing with other videos that YouTube thinks that the system thinks that they're um, that the that the people you're trying to reach are also likely to be interested. All in. of the interests, Everything. of the audience, right? Yeah. So, um, so because of that, you know, sometimes like you know, you can you can have a period of time where you're just crushing, it and all the videos that you're putting out are actually beating everybody out. And then you can also have other periods of time where you know everybody else is just doing great because you know based on whatever's going on with you know your audience and all that, the other content that they're seeing is just you know they're just more interested in that at that period of time or whatever. Um, so because of that, um, you know, some things that you could be dealing with is just more competition and all of the different things that your audience is interested in in terms of more content creators there and things like that if you're talking about this happening in shorts then it's absolutely that in fact um i showed d this screenshot from a video that was presented to me today and i actually have had a bunch of these uh presented to me recently but this is what for you know everybody that's going after youtube shorts this is what you're going to be competing with so keep in mind i watched part of this video and the stuff that he was creating was really um like low um quality content in terms of like how it was all put together but i'm not sure how people are responding to it but um i don't think you're i don't know if you're gonna be able to see this but basically this thumbnail here yeah you can show it you just tap on the if screen I real were quick running so it doesn't go to sleep kind of a live stream i would have had this set up so we can just like show this yeah Old, the old school way you could do that. Yeah, but basically the idea in that thumbnail is the, is the guy is saying how he he's showing how he made 500 shorts in like eight minutes. So I've seen plenty of videos like this where people are like, yeah, 300 shorts in like, you know, two minutes or 300 shorts in 20 minutes, whatever the thing is. But basically, you know, keep yeah, in mind that you, as, you lose. Yeah. Like when you've got people doing this, like unless you're putting well, some really good shorts out. Yes. You're, you're struggling. 
Yeah, and you know, there's also the like, what niche is it in, and you like, what audiences mm -hmm. is it going for, and all that. But without question, five hundred and eight like, minutes, he's probably covering multiple niches. Right, exactly. Right, he's yeah, figured totally. out. He's figured exactly. out an automated and system, and that's the trick. Yeah. So you know, when it comes to and that's who's ruining YouTube Shorts. So people when, like that, let's call him out. Yeah. So when it comes to guy. Uh, so when it comes to that, like you know, uh, that competition in YouTube Shorts, where people are like, you know, hey, my views, my views, my views. You know, keep in mind that you know, there's there's you know, hundreds if not thousands of people that are doing you know similar you things to this. So um, you know, just keep in mind that you ha you have to make sure that you know that you're really bringing your A game and that you're like coming to play when it comes to uh, you know your shorts content or even your long form video content. He's making 500 shorts in eight minutes. And he's probably still not making a thousand dollars a month. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably, yeah. Like with all of those shorts going up, right? Probably, the, the, the shorts pays out so little, right? Yeah. Um, let's see here. So next question that we have, we got last two potatoes taken care of. So next up, we've got uh, Hammy and Sammy. Love the rhyme there and that that name. Super easy to remember. The uh, type of channel is a guides channel for Pokemon Unite. That's two Pokemon mm -hmm. channels yeah. uh, back to back. Uh, the goal of the channel says I just wanted to use my characters um, for story dialogues, but then the channel turned into guides channel. So I went with that. The question is, how can I make my voiceless channel more engaging? I try to put a lot of text in it. Um, I always try my best to put visuals and edits and put appropriate sounds and background music for it. So... I'm just going to be straight with you here. Like you can absolutely use voiceless channels. There's like silent channels on YouTube that do well. There's channels that just tell a story through the um, image or through the videos that they're putting together, but they just have like music playing and just the story enough is enough to keep people watching because they figured out how to, you know, do that well. But when it comes to, uh, you know, trying to like, if you're putting text on the screen, that means that people need to know things. And since people need to know things, if you can, I would actually experiment with doing some voice stuff um, as well. Because if you're needing to use text in order to convey what it is that people are needing to know, then you know you could be putting yourself in a situation that might make it you know a little bit difficult for you. Um, I'm looking at your channel right now, and it looks like you are getting you know decent views on some of your videos. So in that case, you know maybe not. Um, hold on, I'm looking at them right now to see kind of what it is that you're doing. Yeah, like some of these we got like you know 800 views on one uh you know 400 on another one 600 on another one so yeah so people are responding to these so you know in that particular case here's what you want to do because you are getting response which means that you have some data on the channel so here's what you want to do when it comes to making your content more engaging go look in your audience retention reports right now go into your youtube studio um, go into one of your videos that did well go into that particular video and go and look at your audience retention report to that video and go look for places that people left. Um, see how far they made it into the video. And then from there, start really trying to think about why you think people left during those parts. Do you think it was because they couldn't hear anything? Do you think it was because, you know, they, uh, you know, maybe you didn't get the text on the screen fast enough, or maybe you didn't get to the point fast enough, anything like that. Like, it's really important to make sure that you, uh, you know, that you are, you know, using that information. But another thing to consider is if you want to try a voice but you don't want to use your own voice now you have all of these AI options to where you might be able to put some AI voices to some of this too like there's one called um, a really good quality one is called I think they, it's called 11 labs they what? could technically have monetization issues with that with the AI voice or Possibly. just the silent AI. well if they're doing silent already the AI voice yeah if they're on silent already then they're probably going to uh, 
it would probably be something similar, I mm -hmm. guess. Travis so, MCP. Travis MVP, MVP in, the in the house. What's up, dude? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Says we've been trolled for years. Nick's name is actually D and D's name is actually Nick. I knew it. Got Wouldn't us. that be something? That would be funny, actually. Yeah. What a mom does. She yeah, I know. She uses all the time. Yeah. But yeah, there's one called Eleven Labs um, that has like really like great. It's like one of the the, the best that I found um, in terms of the AI voice um, Eleven uh, Labs? options. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. But uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, you so to... you might want to just try that and just see, you know, like just see, like you know, if it makes a difference or not. It might not. People might enjoy your content because there isn't a voice. It's just the only challenge that I see there is, um, and keep on, I've never worked with your type of channel before, but the challenge that I see there prices are pretty fair. Is I because you're putting text in there, and that text is in a certain language it doesn't carry the benefit of silent channels, which is like international reach because there's you know no text or anything like that going on. So since you already have text in there anyway, I would experiment with some type of voice if it's yours or AI or something, just to see if it makes any difference at all. Because you're getting re you're getting results on your channel, you're getting views on your videos, so you know people are responding to what it is that you're doing. So from there, you got to start figuring out how to you know get a higher response. So because of that, I would definitely try that and just see if it ends up uh, you know if it ends up uh, you know being difficult or not. I mean, people might like you because you're not talking. Yeah. I right. mean, you never know. Like, you never know what people are, why they're gravitating towards certain pieces of content. Right. Test it. Think Media in the house. Hey, what's hey, going on? I hope you're doing awesome. On? Says, um, do you think that you would have any issues using AI voice if you're already monetized? Um, mm -hmm. I don't think Question. so. I, I think that I think the real issue comes from when you're actually applying. Um, if you already have a channel and you're using AI voice, um, and, and I'm just like, you know, like I don't know this for a fact, but I don't see that there would be any problem. So, for example, you know, like, okay, let's say that I um, wanted to upload an extra video per week. And I was like, hey, in order to get this video up per week, I'm going to use an AI voice for it. And I'm going to have somebody just like make that video and then get it up. Um, I would be 100% comfortable doing that. And I wouldn't worry about like, you know, losing monetization over it or anything like that. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, I think if you are monetized, I would be willing to risk that personally. Um, uh, but you know, if I was in the process of trying to get monetized, um, then in that particular case, I would definitely, you know, either add my voice to it or add myself on camera or something like that, at least to get through that monetization process before I went full 100%, you know, automated, um, on that. Next. Um, we've Things got are gonna uh, get weird with all this AI. Oh stuff. man, it's gonna get so weird. Yeah, I'm looking for. I mean, it's gonna get yeah. weird and it's a little bit scary, but I'm here for it. Yeah, totally. I'm here for it because yeah. you know there's and we talked about this before. Like, all these tools are coming out. Yeah, and as everything kind of shapes up and comes together, like man, it's gonna be able to increase the speed of our workflow. Yeah. I mean, even coming up with like thumbnail ideas mm -hmm. and just different, you know, like we're doing the music stuff, right? I'm making yeah. graphics for that. Like, man, it's just the speed in which you can make things now yeah. just to brainstorm the ideas. Mm -hmm. Just like, I, I wonder what this would look like. And you just, oh, wow, that looks great. I'm going to work on that. Right. Yeah. Right. I, mean, I, I love it. Even fun stuff like what we were talking about today where people are using, um, if you're familiar with Photoshop, they have this thing called heard of it. generative fill. Yep. And basically what, what um, some people are doing also is they're creating these false environments. So like, let's say, for example, if you're sitting in front of the camera and you're talking to the camera, then, you know, the camera is going to see like a certain amount of things. And then what they'll do is they'll kind of mask themselves off. Um, they'll, they'll actually do like a slate to where it's just the environment first. And then they'll mask off the area where they are 
are going to be in. And then they'll have um, Photoshop generative fill change the entire environment that's around them. Maybe add a sofa over here, maybe add like, you know, a window looking out over a city over here and things like that. Yeah. And then like when they're on camera, like it looks like they're actually in that environment. It's crazy. Yeah. So like even little things like that are, are really going to uh, have some very interesting, uh, you know, yeah, I, interesting I, things I feel like. Roger so Wakefield in the house. What's going on? Roger Wakefield. Hope you're what's going on, man? Streamyard in the house too. What's going on? Streamyard. What's going on? Yeah, with the AI, some of the creative tools are ready. I feel like it's just. I mean, it, it's there's so many creators who are taking those AI tools and they're making incredible things with them. Yeah. Like yeah, I follow a bunch of guys on Twitter, uh, and they're always linking out to these AI artists who are taking all these generated images and making crazy videos with them. And like the endless zoom outs. Mm. Have you seen those? Yeah. Where like they'll start at one thing and they'll zoom out through like, I don't know, a hundred different worlds. Yeah, you know people do that manually too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they do that yes, manually Yes, people too. do that on like iPads. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's called Infinite Paper, I Infin think, is yeah, the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're doing all that stuff, but they're they're making insane videos. They're, they're making things that you previously wouldn't see. Mm. So I, I love that it's opened up like a whole, it's unlocked another level of creativity. Yeah. And that really excites me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And uh, Roger says, thank, thank God pl uh, AI can't do plumbing. <laughs> Not yet. Should we right? tell them about the video we saw today? What is it? The the robot plumber? The robot plumber. Yeah. Yeah. No, Roger, you're on borrowed time, buddy. <laughs> He's just kidding. We didn't see that video. <laughs> but I'm, uh, but I'm so, putting it out into the universe. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what they probably will have, though? Yeah. They probably will have. Uh, they probably will have, like, AR to where you can, like, look at it and be like, hey, here's my plumbing. And then oh, it'll yeah. be like, oh, hey, here's the problem. You know, fix this. But oh, I guess wow. they can't actually see in it, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. listen. Yeah, who knows? If you're into trades, you're good. Yeah. You're yeah, good. At least for a while. You can probably, yeah, you're probably going to be able to use AI to uh, to find problems and, and problem, you know, problem solving. Hey, D, I was wrong. What? The battery doesn't last long enough. Okay. Give it yeah, to me. so I'm going to send it to you. So if you want to hold this for a second, I can yeah, get, yeah, my, power, yeah, yeah, I can get yeah. my power cable out. All right. So I'm going to go underneath here, and I'm going to grab some questions. Hey, StreamYard. How are you doing? So StreamYard says, um, what do you think about the rise of Kick and uh, XQC's $100 mil million deal for the future of live streaming? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I, I have no idea what's going on with anything with Kick on that one. I, I know that a lot of people are going over there. But I don't know anything about the deals. Going through the stream here. What do we got? Uh, any platforms, any extra platforms that pop yeah. up is a win for creators. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, though I think the more platforms we have, the better, because you don't know where you're going to find your audience. And some people, I, you know, like people... And it keeps, the, it keeps the platforms in line, too. It keeps the platforms in line, but also, like, if you have more controversial content, maybe you're getting demonetized on YouTube because of the type of content that you make, go over to Rumble. Right. So I, I think it's cool that now we're getting platforms for whatever type of content that you want to make. I think yeah. that's cool. Do you need to plug that in? Did you, um, did you throw yeah, it under? Yeah, I sent it under there already. All yeah, right. so you're, you're okay. good. Thank you. I got it. So um, the next question that we have is from uh, Sass Magus, um, I think is how you say that, or Magus. And um, the goal of the channel is to monetize, hopefully. And the question is, when using the remix function on my Android phone to make a 15-second short of a video, how do I up the quality? Actually, better question is, can you even make it better quality? No. 
Um, example, I take a 15 second remix of a 3D game like Rust, for example, um, but everything is pixelated because YouTube clicked it at a lower uh, resolution. Is this fi fixable? I have a YouTube app running at full resolution. Yeah, so when you clip it out, then um, basically, or when you remix it, then you're just getting the quality that they give you there. Um, so, um, so I haven't seen a feature in there um, that allows that. So to my understanding, uh, no. And I make it part of what I do to make sure I'm clicking and looking at everything. Um, but it's possible there might be something in there, but I've never seen um, anything in there that, that gives you some type of like quality option when you're, when you're doing a remix. Next, we've got, uh, let's see here, Aggress from Stress. They do biweekly content, but on YouTube for a year or more, they do inspirational content. The goal of the channel says, I want to inspire others with my story, but also hope to monetize it. And the question is, will I be able to change the thumbnail on shorts in the future? No. Um, I mean, it may be. Um, but in terms of how the system is currently set up, no. So um, in the past, we were able to upload custom thumbnails. Um, now we can select it at the time of upload, but we cannot change it after it's already been selected. So um, I personally, like, I've been back and forth on this in terms of, like, how I feel about it. Just kind of, you know, struggling in, in all directions there. But I think I'm, I'm kind of resting on that I think it's, um, it's kind of silly that they don't. Like, if, if they're going to show shorts, on home pages, and if they're going to show shorts in like search, um, you know, in, in the on the search page, and like if they're going to show shorts on other pages where thumbnails are, then in my opinion, they should allow us to have thumbnails that also show in those parts if we're going to be competing or on those pages if we're going to be competing with other videos that have them. Um, if it shows up in the feed then yeah, it's not going to show up there anyway. So kind of the whole argument with the, um, you know, with, with shorts is that it lowers the barrier, barrier of entry for content creators because you don't have to worry about thumbnails and things like that, which is great for the feed. But if you are going to be showing that content elsewhere, in my opinion, I think that you definitely should be allowed to add, you know, fully custom thumbnails in there. And then from there, if they want to add just like a little shorts logo or something to let people know that it's a short, that's fine. But I think that they should allow us the opportunity to compete with the videos that they're putting us next to if they're putting us next to those other videos expecting us to compete. So it's almost like they're not giving us the tools that we need in order to do the job when we're competing next to other content that, you know, that does have a, uh, you know, that does have, uh, you know, thumbnails. Hey man, Sammy, my pleasure. Thank you for the uh, super chat. So yeah, that's just my, my, my personal thoughts on that. But yeah, as of right now, um, we can't change, you know, the, the thumbnails after it's already been um, uploaded um, uh, to the platform. So you have to do that during the upload process. And right now we can only select a screenshot. So I'm just experimenting right now. I just did a thing. Um, I just posted it on TikTok shortly before the stream. If you want to check it out over there, um, follow me while you're there. But basically um, there, I'll see if I can show it to you now. But I'm actually playing with something just to see, you know, how it, how it does. I have to shorten it just a tad in order to get it into YouTube Shorts. Um, but I'm, I put this little slide in front of it. I don't know if you're going to be able to see this or not, but it's kind of the one in the middle there. It's kind of moving up and down. So I put this little slide there, and then I have it to where that slide hits. And then um, as soon as the slide hits, it's like a millisecond. And then um, I slide up there in the same direction that it would slide up if somebody was sliding the thumbnail or the, the, the feed up. And, um, and, and I'm doing that so that I can select that thumbnail, you know, in places that I need to. So I'm just going to do that and, you know, just see how people, uh, you know, respond to it, see how, you know, the platforms treat it, see if it matters or not. But, uh, but, you know, 
just make sure that you are considering like, hey, when I publish this, I'm going to need to take a screenshot. So based on what it is that I'm showing, um, what do I need to include in this in order to be able to select like a really good screenshot that would actually pull somebody into this if they were, you know, seeing it from somewhere else? Um, let's see here. So the next question that we have, hey Nick, you helped me since day one. I watch your videos uh, every now and then. Adaman, thanks for uh, swinging by the stream, man. Glad that you are, uh, glad that you're enjoying the content. Glad that you got uh, value out of it. And congratulations on your, I see you're verified now. Congratulations on your success too. Um, let's see here. So next up, we've got Rise Flashes uh, Fishes. Thanks for the super chat. It says, I'm now leader in my fishing niche and my growth is limited due to niche size. Um, forging videos have potential, but when I post them, my audience are less interested and YouTube doesn't recommend any advice in this situation. When you have fishing season, try to make extra content. Um, try to do that. Try to talk about other things fishing. Um, so for example, if you, if your typical videos are like you going out and fishing and that's why you're needing to use the, uh, the, the forging content then in that case, maybe talk, uh, you know, start talking about lures, start talking about, you know, fishing poles, start talking about other things related to fishing so that it's still in alignment with those people that you're trying to reach. Um, I would give that a shot versus making content about something that, you know, people that are into fishing might not care about. So, you know, the whole idea with YouTube is just thinking about if somebody watches video A, what's the likelihood of them watching this next video that I'm going to publish? And if they watch that next video that I'm going to publish, what's the likelihood of watching that one that I published before? Um, and when you can get all of that lined up, then then it really creates a, a great opportunity for you because then it makes everything that you do binge worthy so that people can go in and they can just get lost in your content if they enjoy what it is that you're doing. So because of that, um, if the forging content is causing a disconnect, then in that case, if it was mine, I would just be like, okay, um, unless there's a very specific reason that I'm putting this forging content on here, um, if it's all just based on, you know, I'm trying to grow the channel or just trying to, you know, get, you know, a, a bigger audience, then in that case, um, I would just lean into things that are related to, you know, fishing and really just think about it through this lens. If somebody is watching fishing videos and they're watching, you know, people out in the world fishing, that might be a different type of viewer than somebody that's just like looking for like, you know, fishing poles and looking for reviews on fishing poles and different fishing lures and fishing lines and everything else with fishing. Um, that might be different people or there might be a lot of overlap there, right? To where it's like, hey, I'm watching fishing videos because I couldn't go fishing this weekend. So instead, I'm just going to watch this person fish, right? Um, but... I'm still, you know, maybe looking at fishing poles and looking at lines and maybe, you know, stress testing, you know, different fishing lines, you know, things like that, um, you know, might be, you know, interesting content for, you know, people that are into fishing. But I would basically just try to line that up in some way with people that are interested in fishing. If the whole thing is, you know, you've grown your channel to the point of, you know, being uh, a leader in the uh, in the fishing niche. So and you say that your growth is limited due to the niche size, um, I would say. Uh, I would actually argue against that. Um, fishing is gigantic. Um, I would, I would, I would venture to guess that fishing just across the planet is, um, is pretty huge in terms of, you know, the amount of people interested in fishing. Um, so I, I would say that, um, it's probably not as limited as you think that it might be. Um, so I would just try to find maybe other, you know, uh, other buckets that you can fill, so to speak, um, in the fishing, in the fishing niche, if you can. Uh, let's see here. Next up, we've got, okay, we got number 24, Grass from Stress. Next up, we got number 25, 
Um, we've got Fun Food Diary. They've been on YouTube for less than a year. The type of channel is a food channel. The goal of the channel is to share about affordable food destinations. The question is, I just recently signed up for Creator Mix. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Our pleasure. Dee's actually stepped away for a moment, but I'm, I'll thank you on behalf of, of both of us. <laughs> My question is about free music from the iMovie app on our iPhone. Since the music tracks are free to use, how would we know if this music could also be used for videos on YouTube? If there are notifications about copyright claims, that is the creator allows the music to be used on YouTube, would that also affect the performance of our videos? So if you get a copyright claim, it does not um, impact the performance of your videos. However, if you, if you get a copyright strike, then in that particular case, obviously it does. Um, so because of that, um, I personally would be uh, a little bit weird about using music out of a, you know, out of any app or out of, you know, any, you know, iMovie I, or anything like that. I made, personally. A, I, made, I made a video about this. Oh, what's I the, made a video about this. What's the, and what's I the word? Because the, there, I made a video about this on my channel. Uh, year and a half maybe two years ago a lot of apps that say that you can use their music have come back and started claim, uh, issuing copyright claims mm. so my advice would be do not use music out of an actual video editing app even if they say you can use it mm. that that's my advice in the video interesting yeah i yeah. stand by that yeah, yeah there's too much free music out there available youtube audio library creator mix there's all uh, there's tons of resources to get free music get it from a reputable source and don't buy into the whole oh, you can use it on our app yeah our free app you can use it right or even if you're a membership I, I know there was one app in particular and i'm not going to throw them under the bus but their music library got sold to somebody mm. and then they came back and started claiming people ouch so yeah ouch. you got to be careful with that so uh next up we've got um let's see here we did this about music so we're on number 26 now and uh this is from little crafty nook um hey, says uh they do greeting card making the goal of the channel is to teach how to make and show others whole, how, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, show others homemade greeting cards. The question is, I'm trying to create a course on Uscreen. There, I have two sections, beginner and immediate skills. Here on YouTube, I have a mix. Is that my issue? Do I need to niche down even further? I'm just not sure how to do that. Thank you so much for your help. So um, if you have courses available on Uscreen for beginners and intermediates, then in that particular case, I would focus on, you know, on your channel, the content that you make. Like, here's the deal is you want to think about, okay, if I'm going to, you know, be selling a course, I need to make content that the people that are likely to buy my course that they uh, would be interested in. Right. So because of that, um, you know, start covering some, you know, basic things for the beginners and then make sure that you just do a quick mention of your course there to where you go in, in depth or in detail or something like that. Um, or that, you know, you have the course, you know, structure laid out to, you know, educate them in a better way or something. Um, and then for the intermediate skills, and of course, you'd need to make content for people that are more intermediate. One thing just to keep in mind is, yes, you can have that type of content. No problem. You can have content that's for beginners, intermediate and, you know, like expert crafters, if you would like. But um, it's helpful when you do focus on like one group because when you focus on that one group then everything you do can serve that group right like me i i target people that are just getting started with youtube that's my thing right so because of that like people you know that are you know trying to figure all this stuff out um i you know like that's the people that i that i uh you know that i target with my with my video content so because of that um, one of the things that I'm doing, like the first course that I'm going to be putting out is about monetization because, you know, a lot of content creators don't really know how, you know, all the different ways that they can monetize their content. And this really, I got a really big bright spotlight on this when I was doing my monetization streams and seeing all of the opportunities that people are missing. So because of that, 
that particular course is aimed at people that are starting YouTube channels that might not even be in the partner program yet, but are wanting to make money from their channels. And the whole thing with that is basically just learning how to do it and implementing some of the ideas so that your as your channel grows, your income can grow with it. So in your particular case, um, I would focus on the beginner stuff and with the intermediate, I mean, it goes back and forth, but you know, as you know, when you're a beginner, you're like trying to figure it out. So since you're trying to figure it out, maybe, you know, in your case, since you're doing homemade greeting cards, you know, those people are out there buying paper, they're out there buying, you know, the, the ink that you print on or whatever it is that you use to draw on them, like they're getting all of that stuff. So what's an extra X amount for a course that you're going to put together to take them through it. An intermediate person, the difference there is they might already have stacks of paper. They might already have, you know, all the ink or the place where they get their ink and things like that and they might already have you know other courses that they've already went through or that they are you know already you know a part of so because of that it just kind of opens you up a little bit more of course you can experiment in both directions but the whole idea i'm trying to express is if you can target like a very specific group and say like okay i'm trying to catch you when you're here and then i'm trying to get you to here through this information then in that particular case it becomes crystal clear what it is that you are you know offering who it is that you're offering for and then you are also increasing the likelihood that the people that you're interacting with are also going to go into your course based on the things that they need or the things that they need to know or that they need to learn in your case hey tommy how you doing man speaking of youtube claims and strikes they just sent that guy who was ripping everybody off to prison for six years five years five years yep yeah. Five years. Yep. He ripped off what twenty something million dollars yeah, worth of, huge. of yeah, it was, it was false uh, copyright claims. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And guess what they did to fix that? Nothing. Nothing. Yep. Yeah. So the coding whiz um, is our uh, next channel here. And the uh, type of channels, programming and coding. The goal of the channel is making entertaining videos to help people become better programmers. And the question is, hey, Nick, I wanted to ask, uh, how do I get better at storytelling in my videos? I see a lot of YouTubers saying that storytelling is important, and I try to incorporate them into my content by leveraging my own experience with coding in the past, using examples of different coding scenarios, etc. But I try to come across like a robot, you could say, and the commentary sounds a bit boring. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you have any tips on how to improve my storytelling abilities and just improve my commentary? I use a script as well in my videos in case you wanted to know. So the best thing that you can do in this case is watch a bunch of videos on storytelling. Um, that's not my area. Like that's something that I'm working on myself um, as well. But um, when it comes to storytelling, I would just watch a bunch of videos because there's storytelling, which is like, hey, I'm sitting here telling you something, but then there's also structured storytelling based on psychology. So what you want to do is you want to learn that part of it um, in terms of the structure that you need to take people through, you know, based on the psychology of, you know, storytelling and, and how people stay interested in things over time. Um, so I would just start watching a lot of content around that or listening to podcasts around it, reading books around it and so on. Um, because then that way you'll get a better understanding of that structure or the, because there's tons of different structures around it too, but it'll give you a, a basic idea um, that you'll be able to follow to where you can say, okay, here's my script. Where is this conflict coming in, right? Um, where do I meet a guide, right? Uh, let's see here. Or where do I meet that thing that's going to help out or whatever the thing is, right? And you start, you know, identifying these things in your scripts. So then you can start, you know, kind of building around um, those structures. That guy, I was just looking here. That guy, he, he claimed 50,000 songs. Wow. 50,000 songs he was issuing. $20 million dollars for 50,000 songs? That's not bad. I okay, mean, that's, so that's here's a, a question. A, man, all right, all right, here we go. Here's a question in the chat. F forget the morality of what this guy did. Okay. Assuming, 
assuming he's going to have any of that $23 million left. And I, I'm, I'm going to guess he might have probably confiscated a lot of it unless he I'm was, gonna guess if he was there's some really more. smart, then he probably hid some. Yeah. So, so the question to the chat is, if he had no morals whatsoever, and so this guy went to prison for five years over $23 million. Mm-hmm. Let's say he's got $8 million left that he hid somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe put it in crypto or maybe it's in Seychelles or something. Who knows? Would you go to prison for five years knowing when you get out you got $8 million? Yeah, that's ripping off a lot of people, though. I, I forget the right? morality. I'm not oh, talking about that. Oh, forget the morality. Yeah, oh, yeah, basically, yeah, 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 are yeah. you saying would you spend five years in prison yes. for eight million dollars, right, yeah, yeah, regardless yeah. of what? Yeah, what, yeah, what that's it is. what I said. Forget the morality. Just like if D said, "Hey, here's eight million dollars. How many of you would spend five years in prison for eight million dollars?" Yes. How many would right. do it? Right. Yeah. A, a low security prison. So you're not in there with you know, you're not in there with. Oh, like so basically, all you're in there, you're just in, like you're just under you're in control. There with, you're in there with like you know white white collar crime stuff okay you okay. know tax evasion money laundering. you're not in there with the 18th, violent offenders you're not in there with the 18th street gang oh okay, or you're, you okay. know you're not getting shanked in, in in the yard and stuff like that okay okay yeah i mean that, that, that that's tough <laughs> yeah that's tough that's tough no everything like, no no yeah. no 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 all right here we go in a heartbeat i'd be right yeah five years man i don't know we just almost spent two years doing nothing and got nothing from it <laughs> right Right. Oh, that's so true. Right. Oh God, that's so true. Right. Yeah, yeah that's funny. Depending on where yeah. you are in the got world. Nothing but sad. Yeah. We yeah. got. Yeah. We got, we got <laughs> nothing. Two for, years not doing nothing just to yeah be nothing. sad afterwards. To get nothing. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's to co- great. To come out to like increase oh, uh, increase prices of everything. Yeah. And shortages. Yeah. That's Inflation, what we got. Shortages. Yeah. Right. So another in a, three in an years. Unstable, another yeah, three an unstable years. Planet. Another yeah, three great. years to get eight million dollars. Oh man, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, when you put it into that perspective, it's like, well, yeah, that actually, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So Jazzy Beauty Studio and more two years and we got nothing. Uh, so Jazzy Beauty Studios and more um, says they upload when they have time. Um, last six months um, is uh, how long they've been making videos. The type of channel is beauty and more. The goal of the channel is to teach others about beauty, to earn from it and for fun. And the question is, how can I reach the watch time 4,000 hours? And can I earn from YouTube before I reach it? Yes, you can. All before you reach 1,000 subscribers. Yes, you can. So YouTube has recently lowered the monetization requirements to 3,000 watch hours uh, within a 365 day period and 500 subscribers. However, that doesn't give you ad revenue. It gives you all of their crowdfunding options. So um, as a part of that, just look at it kind of like a lower tier to their um, to their to their program. But you can get in with lower requirements now. Um, and the win with that is you can get in. You can go ahead and start using some of those. And then as soon as you qualify for ad monetization, then you're already in. So you don't have to go through like an additional uh, an additional process to get in there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm surprised. Most people are like, no, they wouldn't do it. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, that, that five years, Skip I mean, depending on where it. somebody's at. Like, okay, so imagine if you have a kid and that kid's like three. Right. That five years isn't worth it, right? Because then I, in that I case. I like a five-year vacation, depends that, on how you look at it. <laughs> depends on the kid, I depends guess. Depends on yeah, the and kid. kid. Yeah. yeah. But, but like, uh, you know, if you, if you have like a two-year-old or three-year-old and then you've got like five years, then, you know, when you come out, they're going to be like eight, you know, seven, eight. So that's a, that's a big chunk of time that you're going to, that you're going to miss out on. I think it depends too. on your age too. Yeah, totally. Right. Like if you're like 25 yeah. versus like you're 65. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting thing. I love, you know, that, that sounds like a Mr. Beast video, <laughs> right? <laughs> I locked 20 people up for, for five, five years. years. Yeah. And the first, and the last one, the last one to leave, the last yeah. one to leave gets after eight, five years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I locked 20 people up in apartment buildings. The last one to leave after five years gets $8 million. 
iCast Enterprises, thanks super for the super chat. chat. Says, um, finally, uh, starting due to your encouragement, going to be focusing on a nonprofit side of IDRAST, International Disaster Rescue and Search Team. Oh, that's cool. Thanks for the education. My pleasure. Uh, have uh, have fun with your channel. You know, keep in mind, you know, when you're first getting started, things might go well or they may not go well. Um, you know, um, so because of that, just make sure you are very clear on who it is that you're making content for. Make sure you're very clear on what it is that you're trying to accomplish the channel and why you're doing it in the first place. And um, those things by themselves will keep you, you know, motivated. And, um, and also keep in mind that when you first get started with all of this, you know, um, some people come onto the platform and they have a lot of skills that they bring f to the platform from, you know, previous life experience. Other people will come on to here and they've never done anything like this before and they don't watch enough YouTube um, uh, with awareness to where they're kind of cued in on on the things that work and don't and all that. So because of that, just keep in mind, you know, some people grow fast, some people go slow. So just whatever your pace is, embrace it, focus on learning, focus on skill development and focus on like really resonating with the people that you're trying to reach and, you know, making videos that they respond to and you'll and you'll do fine over time. So Doug says uh, there's a super chat question, but I don't see uh, this super chat. Maybe yeah, you do I'm, I'm looking. End? Yeah, I'm looking right now. I'm looking in uh, Streamzy. Says, um, I'm a newbie. Hey, Doug, are you in uh, Streamzy by any chance? It says, I'm a newbie with 197 subs. Are shorts more important than videos to gain subscribers? And how does monetization come into play with both shorts and videos? What, where is this? Where do you see this? I I've got it on the screen right now. Oh, I can't see that. That's uh, here. Hold on. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't see the super chat, though. Um, yeah. Well, what's the channel name? Uh, I'm looking right now because I can see the list. Rayan Song. <laughs> Rayan Song. I don't, I don't see anything here. Yeah, I don't see it either. I'm going to refresh just to be safe. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't see, see it either. Yeah, I mean, long yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see it. In here. I don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, came through. Yeah, I don't think it came through. I don't see it either on my end. Um, let's see here. So, uh, so next up on our list, we've got um, Honduras Walks. Honduras Walks says that uh, they upload one time per week or more. They do walking tours. The goal of the channel is to create evergreen content for people who don't have access to the areas that I walk through. Cool. Um, the question is, I would like to know strategies of how to get non-subscribers to subscribe. Most viewers who watch my content are not subscribed, um, but I'd like to learn what levers might move this metric. So one, hold on, it didn't show in the chat. Um, a Google issue. Yeah, it's not showing up in uh, Streamsy either. Okay, so yeah, if Doug's saying it came through, so uh, he saw it. So uh, that's so weird. Yeah, well, uh, I yeah. don't, I don't see it anywhere. So really quick before we, um, before we answer this one on the subscribers, what was the question that he uh, pinned up there? Oh man, I, I'm gonna have to go back. Go, go ahead and answer that. I'm gonna have to go back. Okay, we'll get it on the next. Yeah, we'll get it on the next one. So yeah. just pin it up there, and then I'll, I'll right. get it. Um, but but when it comes to converting people into subscribers, keep in mind the very first thing is they have to be getting value out of what it is that you're doing. Um, people subscribe to channels for a bunch of different reasons. They have, you know, the value that they're getting, you know, currently from watching that video. They have what they expect to get, you know, from the video. And they also have like your archive that they can tap into and they subscribe for that as well. Um, so because of that, you know, when you are putting your content together, somebody's like, hey, there's a bunch of walking tours on here and I want to see all of these places. Then in that case, there's a reason for them to subscribe if they explore that. So what you need to do as a content creator, if you're focused on, you know, getting the subscriber count up is you need to spread awareness about those things. So you can do that in very subtle ways. The very first is you can say somewhere in your video, especially because you're just walking around. So as you're walking around <clears throat> while you're explaining things, if you talk in your videos, 
then you can just say, oh, by the way, um, I have a whole channel filled with walking tours. So if you're enjoying this, remember to subscribe. And just saying that by itself can cause more people to subscribe to your YouTube channel. It's called a call to action. And basically the whole concept there, this comes from like, you know, just like sales in general. But the whole concept is you are, you know, uh, telling people to do the thing. So when you're calling them to take an action. So when you are doing your walks, just remind people, you know, you don't have to do it a bunch, um, but just remind them that, hey, you know, I put out tours like this every week. And you can also get on the community, the community aspect. Hey, if there's anything that you would like to see, uh, you know, make sure that you, you know, let me know in the comments, things like that. So then they're like, okay, wow, he's like, you know, interacting with people here. He's actually taking requests, those sorts of things. That can also cause people to subscribe more. Um, but at the end of the day, just asking, and then of course, adding value and making it clear that you have an archive um, and that you, you know, update on a regular basis. Those two things by themselves can also go a long way when it, when it comes to, you know, people, you know, converting over into your YouTube channel. All right. What so was I the have, question? I have the question here. Um, Rayan Song says, I'm a newbie with 197 subs. Man, Congratulations off, yeah, on your first to, 197. Off to a great start. Yep. Says, are shorts more important than videos to gain subscribers? And how does monetization come into play with both shorts and videos? So you'll make more money on long form videos if you went view for view. Um, so keep that in mind when it comes to money. Um, but when it comes to shorts, if you have a high performing short, it can get lots of views very fast. Um, so because of that, you know, you can generate more exposure to your YouTube channel from that. And in addition to that, YouTube is also in the process of opening up all the lanes um, for the bridge between short form content and long form content. And what that looks like is when people are interacting with your short form content, if they're really enjoying it, then in that particular case, YouTube is more likely to show them your long form content as well. So like if somebody subscribes from your short, for example, or they go to your channel page and they start watching stuff, all of those types of things will, you know, um, can cause YouTube to start showing them some of your long form content. Now, when it comes to shorts, they are a great entry point for new content creators because it removes one of the barriers that people have, which is learning how to get people to click. So the difference between long form content and short form content is when it comes to long form content, people have to choose. They have to make the conscious choice. One, they have to even identify it in the first place as something that they might be interested in. And then they have to make, they have to decide, is this something that I want to watch or not? And they're sitting there and they're thinking about like the actual thing itself, if that's important to them or not. They're looking at timestamps, those sorts of things. Maybe they're even watching the auto preview that YouTube shows and they're sitting there and they're just deciding, am I going to click into this or not? Um, when it comes to a YouTube short, it's different. And this is where the, the, the reach on YouTube shorts can be a win because it slides up and then bam, there you are, right? You've got them right there in your video content. They just met you. How are you going to grab their attention and pull them through your, you know, short, keep them watching your short and enjoying your short. How are you going to give that viewer a good experience there? So between the two, it's easier to get people to respond to a short because you only have to work on one skill set for that, which is, you know, grabbing somebody's attention and making that good video. Um, I guess that's technically two, but grabbing somebody's attention and making that good video that's going to create a good experience for them or make them want to continue watching. Um, when it comes to the long form content, it's a whole different thing because like, you know, you have to, I mean, you don't have to, but it's helpful to have like strategies in place for like what you're publishing and when. Um, it's helpful to, uh, you know, be a good thumbnail maker. It's helpful to have have, you know, some type of copywriting experience. Um, those things aren't required and you can hack all this stuff. Um, and I'll tell you how to do that in a second, but like, um, you know, having those types of skills, it's helpful when it comes to getting attention for long form content. 
But if you are like, hey, I'm going to do some shorts and long form content, which is what I recommend, so you can get the reps in, so to speak, on long form too. You know, hop in the round, hop in the ring, and lose some rounds, right? Um, but basically, the idea is in order to hack the titles and in order to ensure that you're writing compelling titles, start, I actually just made a video about this, about things to do daily um, to, you know, grow faster on YouTube. And one of the things that I mentioned in there is study YouTube, go and look at like, you know, performing videos on all the channels that you respond to, go and look at how they're writing their titles and look for structures that would apply to what it is that you're doing. So like, for example, if you're watching like Casey Neistat and he, wa and he makes a video that like says, I can't believe this happened. In that particular case, you don't want to mimic those types of titles, you know, when you're getting started because you need an audience in place or it's helpful to have an audience in place for that unless your thumbnail's epic. But when it comes to, you know, titles that are like, you know, this, 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 and this, and then you can just kind of replace the topic in that title, then it's like, hey, you know, people really responded well to this video. So can I, you know, take this title's inspiration and just kind of modify it a little bit to apply to what it is that I'm doing? Like, that's just a great way to, you know, just understand um, how to write better titles by using people that are already successful on YouTube as a guide on how they put it together. And you can see the same exact thing. Like if you look across different niches and different types of content that you watch, you can start to see like, huh, the videos that perform, you know, well, they seem to do these sorts of things for the, you know, videos that people are going into. Um, and then the same exact thing goes to the video content as well, to where it's like, okay, how are they actually structuring this? What are they doing when the videos first start? So like, if you study the platform, then, you know, you're, you're going to be way ahead of tons of people because a lot of people, they just don't take the time to study. They'll watch, but they won't watch with mindfulness to where they're like, okay, what are they actually doing here? So this video started, they're saying this, but you know, are they, are they, are they trying to frame it in a particular way so that I'm going to think something as we get into, you know, this particular video here and just start really digging into, you know, what people are doing. So, um, so hopefully all that helps. Next, Next up. How many questions have we gone through now? Uh, right now we're on 42. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. We're on 30. Oh, you just sorry. 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 Yeah. So uh, I mean, that kind of sucks. I'm a little bit disappointed. Yeah, disappointed in me. I'm thinking 42. I was like, yeah. all right. Yeah. So um, the channel name here is My Yarn Loft, and they uh, do crochet tutorials. And the goal of the channel is affiliate marketing monetization. The question is, I see channels in my niche live streaming quite often, but YouTube Studio Analytics shows people don't watch live streams. Should I trust this analytics? Absolutely. Um, how does live streaming help your channel? I haven't tried live streaming yet. So the reason, um, oh, if it's showing that, you know, the other type of content people watch and they don't watch live streams, then yeah, you either one, um, there's nobody offering streams around what it is that you do, or two, um, it could just be something that they're not into. Um, in terms of the live streams for my channel, um, I have different streams that help in different ways. So this particular stream for me, this is just a way to kind of give back in terms of, you know, we get to sit here and answer your questions. And like, I could make a video for each, every question that comes in, however, it's just super easy to do this, right? And be able to just sit here and just answer very specific questions. Because if I'm making a video, that video is going to be made for like a broad group of people, you know, to where it may go down on a specific problem, but it's going to be a specific problem or a, a misunderstanding or something like that, that a large group of people are having. But in this scenario, it allows us to be able to answer very nuanced questions to help solve problems that people are having that may or may not be, you know, be worthy of like an entire YouTube video. Video, right. Um, in addition to that, um, these live streams are also great. You know, when D and I are doing them together, you know, it gives us a chance to, you know, just hang out, you know, and things like that, which is cool. Um, so yeah, we kind of make a day of it. Yeah, we make, we do we make a day of it. Yeah. We kinda, so, yeah well, like we get, we meet, get up like, uh, he comes into town, we have coffee, we eat, hang out for a while. 
because yeah, we don't get to see each other a week. So yep. yeah, like so, you could just stay at home and make videos. Right, right. And then I wouldn't see you. Right, right. And I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. Not I mean, you wouldn't lose out too much, yeah. but you know, yeah. I mean, I could be home. I walk. would, but I, you wouldn't. I mean, I could be home, like you know, watching Netflix or something. Right. Yeah. Now. Right. Right. Yeah, you could. So yeah. Answering YouTube questions. Right. I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you should be watching Netflix too. With you, actually. Yeah, what did you think right. about Silo? Right. Oh, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it's it was exactly great. how I thought. We talked yeah, about that. Yeah, it was that. great. Yeah, it's exactly how I said. Yeah, we we can't say it for the people yeah. that haven't caught up on it. But if you yeah. if you're watching Silo and you haven't caught up yet, this last one, oh, it's gonna you're gonna yeah. love it. Exactly what I said would happen. Yeah, there was exactly. one there was one part that I didn't expect, but as soon as it happened, I recognized it. Um, but I can't I can't talk about it. But we'll talk yeah. about it after the stream. But yeah. there was one thing that happened, and as soon as it happened, I was like, wait a minute. And then, uh, and then it was like, oh, okay, oh my gosh, I see what's going on now. Holy cow! Oh, she's realized. Oh, wow! And yeah, so yeah, that was great. Yeah. Epic, epic, epic. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, so yeah, so that's um, in terms of streams helping my channel. So this live stream does that, um, and then the news live streams, those are great because they've added revenue to the channel. In addition to that, that's a unique offering that I have on my channel. So when there's you know enough news or there's news that's like worthy of you know making the content about, um, then in that case, you know having those news segments go out um, is fantastic. Because because one, it's extra content for the channel. Two, it adds value to you guys by keeping you up in the loop of what's happening on YouTube. Three, um, that content adds views, watch time, subscribers, and revenue um, to my YouTube channel. So because of that, you know, those lives, when I'm doing them live, sometimes I'll do videos, but when I do them live, um, that's the value that those add on my end. And then for the monetization streams, um, those are also, you know, good for like watch time. Those are good for watch time. But... <laughs> Those are good for watch time, um, um, but in addition to that, those are also you know like a unique offering because I'm the only person in the niche that are that are doing those. So um, so because of that, you know that's just a, one of those things that help me stand out when I do those. So um, old board just says, "Wow, I didn't realize how nerdy you guys." Were. Oh, you have no idea. Yeah. So just just to give you an idea of how nerdy we actually are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like. These are yeah. These are like wearable, we, full costume stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So these, full, this one, he's he's nerd. He's modified this one a bit, but these are actually yeah, the like, stormtroopers, like a prop replica. Yeah. Like but, that's like a legit, like uh, that's like a legit helmet. Yeah. But yeah. But I, I painted this one to be more like a. It's not a sand trooper, but it's just like a a, a very weathered, really weathered, beat up stuff. Yeah. But yeah. It's like yeah, full costumes and everything. Yeah. Like super nerdy. So uh, Trish says, what is Silo? Silo is a, uh, it's a show on Apple TV. Mm. Um, the whole premise is it's people that are underground. Uh, they're in this underground silo, and nobody knows why they're there. Uh, they don't know how long they've been down there. Um, supposedly, there was like this rebellion, and during that rebellion, they burned all the books, and you know they basically removed their history. So people are like born into this, and it's just you know how it has been since they were born, and they don't have you know any reason why they're down there. When it first, when I first clicked on it, I thought it was going to be stupid, and then as soon as I started watching it, I'm like, holy cow, this is this pretty good but yeah, yeah definitely recommend it if you have apple TV. i want to read the books because you know books are going to have a lot more you know detail about it yeah but like the the, the, the first books seasons, don't have sound effects they well, i have sound effects and tension music in the background yeah well i'm a little offended by this it's a little early for halloween don't you think <laughs> i love it love it love it love it <laughs> so uh let's see here i'm trying I just to put this it. stuff on sometimes and just walk around the studio yeah, just hang out just hang out like there's a certain sense of like uh i don't know you just feel pretty cool when you're just sitting like in a stormtrooper outfit and just like watching the internet mm. like dress like a mandalorian and just sitting out by the pool mm. 
and everybody just else hanging is, out looking at your phone. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like hanging out, feet up. Yeah. Everybody else is like you know swimming, looking at you like a weirdo. Yeah, and you're just out there doing your thing, doing just my being thing. You just yeah. out there, yeah, yeah. So Pixie Dust Travelers, our next question. Uh, they uh, do travel content. The goal of the channel is to provide entertainment and a resource for travelers to make it a job. And the question is, when do creators hire a manager? I know some YouTubers have them. Um, when you get too busy to manage everything. So, um, you know, some people will do this in advance if they have, you know, the, the money to spend. Um, but, you know, in a lot of cases, it's not even going to be needed until you start having a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, like, for example, if you have like an entertainment channel and your channel blows up, you're going to have a different experience than if you have an educational channel and you blow up. So, you know, if you have an educational channel and you blow up, um, you're going to be spending, you know, less on like management and stuff, and you're going to be spending more on like help, right. To, to, to keep everything, you know, rolling and keep everything organized and all that. Um, when it comes to like an entertainment channel, those people, they end up, you know, on TV, they end up, you know, doing interviews and like all this other stuff. Um, and you know, they like the, the demand for them is higher. And because of that, you know, having some type of manager to kind of help them, you know, balance everything, especially when they have somebody with experience, it can just kind of help steer them in the right direction and help them really take um, advantage of the opportunity that they've been, you know, that, that they've uh, gained. So, um, so, so, you know, in terms of like when um, I would um, do that, if you were, uh, you know, if, if you just get things to the point where like, yeah, this is this is starting to get out of my area where I'm willing to tread this water by myself, like I'm going into the deep end here um, and I, I need some assistance with this. Um, that's where you would, you know, that's where you'd reach out for some type of management help. They want to know what the audio quality would be like with the stormtrooper helmet on. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. One, I guess you could put the uh, one of the wireless goes in there. Yeah, and then you'd be able to Broadcast. you know talk through that. Yeah. One thing I don't. If have, we brought the other, if we got one of the new roadcasters over here, that would work. Then you could put a voice effect on it too. Yeah. And then it would be just on your mic, and then you could sit there and talk in the stormtrooper voice. Yeah. One of the things we don't have. We should on do these, that for uh, Star Wars Day. It, next we should year. actually. Yeah. One of the things we don't have is a is a proper microphone in these because a lot of these outfits they'll have a microphone inside. And they'll put the little speaker like in their armor somewhere. Mm -hmm. So when they're at, a, uh, at an event, they can speak and it comes out kind of just like you would like you would hear them in the movies. They yeah. come into a speaker, uh, but it's got they like they do it in a way to where it sounds like the characters. But there are and I know this has nothing to do with YouTube. But now you've got me going. You just tickled my thing. <laughs> there's like we, we I don't know if you can see this. We have like uh, there's like fans inside of here. You can't really see it, but there's yeah, there's fans in here and uh, everything to keep it going. Just no microphones yet. Yeah, he makes like the full head to toe thing. Yeah. On on my TikTok, I think it's still there. My very first video. Oh no, it's not there. Where did I put that? Maybe it's my Instagram. Um, one of those two. I have uh, I have a video of D and I dressed in like full gear, um, hanging. Oh no, it is on my TikTok. Yeah, it's right here. If you go to my TikTok, it's the very first TikTok that I uh, uploaded. Um, go and watch that, and you can see D and I in full gear. Um, and we're hanging out at our local mall at the release of Star Wars and uh, just hanging out. You know, it was around Christmas time and we're just like hanging out with uh, some of the locals and stuff, uh, taking photos and stuff. Super fun. Yeah. So they smell. Yeah. They sell small microphones and speakers mm -hmm. specifically for this thing. It's so like the, st the Stormtrooper ones they sell it makes you actually sound like a Stormtrooper. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So next up, we got Misty Vale 550 says that uh, they do gaming content. The goal of the channel is to show fun, cozy games and help people if they have questions on the games. The question is, how do I make uh, my playthroughs and game more interesting to keep people watching? And how long should the video be? So videos should always be as long as they need to be. I know that's kind of like a weird answer. But 
when you have a video and the video is finished and you're like, okay, that's, that's exactly what, what, that's exactly, you know, what it is. Then in that case, that's good. But if you make a video and you're like, you know what, I should probably add a bunch of stuff to this. Then in that case, it's like, okay, well, should you really add stuff to it? Or, you know, maybe you should try taking stuff away before you add to it. Like, you know, why are you adding that stuff? Is that stuff still going to add value to the viewers? Or are you just adding it because you think the video is too short? <clears throat> like, uh, you know, keeping all those things in mind, but you know, a video should be as long as it needs to be. Um, you say half hour or a couple of hours um, in terms of a video. Yeah, so that, again, that's on you. Um, you say I'm an older person playing games like uh, Dink uh, Dinkum, Ranch, and River Shine and Coral Island. So with those, if you want to do like, you know, 30 minutes or an hour, you know, playthrough, upload both and then see, you know, just how people respond and keep testing it. So it's like, hey, I'm going to upload a bunch of 30 minute videos. I'm going to upload a bunch of one hour videos of me doing like these Let's Plays um, and just see what people respond to best. But um, in addition to that, Another thing that um, can help you make it interesting is instead of just doing a let's play, like do something, right? So for example, when the when your stream first starts or when your video first starts, present a challenge of some kind that you're getting ready to do. So for example, in whatever games that you play, like try to handicap yourself in some way to where it's like you're gonna you know, try to complete the game or complete that level or whatever with just this, um, or you're gonna try to do it with only walking in a straight line, or you're gonna try to do it without going inside of any buildings, or you're gonna try to do it from mostly inside of buildings, or you're gonna try to do it where you hide the whole time or like whatever the thing is, but just try to come up with you know different challenges that you can do that get people want to watch so for example you know somebody comes into a video and you're like hey i'm going to try to do this um and let's see if i can do it then in that case it's like okay well hey well I, i'll spend a few minutes and see if they can you know pull it off or not um and it just gives people more of a reason to watch compared to like hey just watch this person play a game so people do like to watch people play games but when you can introduce you know something else then it just levels it up a bit your uh, demons row thank you for the super chat says what mics do you recommend for interviews when you travel i have the go ones you mentioned i hate the blue light flashing and sometimes if people move it gets muffled okay you can attach microphones to those yes yeah you can you can attach the uh, you can plug in um additional mics that you can run underneath your clothing so lavalier basically microphones lavalier mics yeah so you can put that in your pocket and then you can run that microphone up underneath your shirt and then you can clip it you know somewhere up here or if you're wearing a jacket or a hoodie or a collared shirt then you can clip it to something you know on the outside there um they also have for the actual mics where you use like the magnet and you connect it you would still see the light there but if you're using just the microphone the mic itself is super small and then you just have the cable that you have to hide yeah so um so you might want to try uh, you might want to try that and um with those microphones i believe they allow you to record directly to the box too don't they as a backup i think so. where you can do like one signal that's like a little bit lower to where yeah. if it screws up then you can have yeah. the other one yeah so you might want to also make sure that you are recording directly to the to the device as well as into your camera um they, or recording to something external and syncing up later so that you can have the audio track separated so then you can you know uh in case you end up talking over the person or something like that or vice versa then you can um, have that extra audio to work with okay so there's two things i want to add to that number one if you had the road wireless goes they come with a little dead cat the little furry thing mm -hmm. clip that on there because what that furry thing does is it stops some of the wind from coming in so if you're getting muffled noises it could be from wind Mm -hmm. Or it could be just from rustling, you know, rustling yeah, around in the around, clothes. Yeah. But if it's coming from wind, that little furry thing that came with it, clip those on there and it will get it will get rid of a lot of the wind. Yeah. Regarding the lights, now this is a big roll. It's not duct tape. A lot of people think this is duct tape, but it's called gaff tape. And you can go to Amazon and get tiny little rolls of gaff tape. They're just a few dollars. And this stuff is not sticky. 
This is not stick. They use this in a lot of studios. It's not sticky, uh, and it's a great thing to keep in your bag. It's easy to put on, easy to come off, and you can just take a little piece and cover that little blue light. Uh, get a little uh, black roll, and you won't even see the blue light at all. And when you take it off, and it's not going to be sticky. Gaff tape doesn't leave residue when you take it off. Oh, it's inside interviews. Okay. Yeah, so you mentioned that you have the uh, um, the expensive uh, cordless ones. So, yeah, with those, um, same thing. You can just plug a, a lavalier mic into those. Um, that road actually sells those, and then you're good to go. Um, in addition to that, since you are doing them inside, like another thing that people will do is they'll use shotgun mics. So if you're doing like a sit-down interview where you have like a person here and a person here, if you don't want to do the lav mics, then um, one thing that you can do is you can have two different shotgun mics. Technically, you can do it with one um, if you're close enough together. Uh, but the shotgun mics isolate the sound into the area in front of the microphone. So you have to be really careful and make sure that everybody's, you know, within that area and that it's close enough to pick you up comfortably. So that's why you might want to consider using two, running them into something like a Zoom, um, like H4N or something like that, and then separating everything out, uh, you know, um, once you get it to edit it. But um, with that, you can actually hook up to shotgun mics so road makes those as well um and you can just get them to where they're sitting just out of frame keep in mind if you take that path you're going to be rolling with a lot more gear so if they're coming to you not a big deal but if you're having to actually go to them then it creates a lot more stuff because if you do the shotgun mics you're also going to have to have something to hold those shotgun mics so then you have to introduce like stands into uh, the, the scene. interviewer mic what, what is that called you've got one oh yeah the uh the road but then you got to pass it back and forth so yeah. that, it's, it that solves looks, the problem it does solve the problem but it looks kind of like a reporter yeah. versus it just being like hey we're having it's a conversation called a reporter, isn't it um i think so yeah yeah right Okay. I think it is actually. Yeah. It's called a, yeah, the road, the road reporter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, real quick, I want to tackle something here in the chat. Um, so Katie's Kitchen says, did they make? The okay, little... you take flights. Yeah. You then in that case, I would stick with, I would stick with using the wireless that you have, but then just getting the the road has the live layer mics that plug into that. Just pick up a couple of those, and that should solve your problem. Yeah. So Katie's Kitchen says, did they make the little furry things, little uh, windscreens, uh, not the sponge puffs for headset mics? I do my voiceovers with a headset, but I still get background noise that I have to filter out. Okay, so those don't filter out background noise. The dead cats, that's a little furry thing, that's to help get rid of wind. So you have two, two different levels. You have the foam that goes over a microphone. That helps reduce that a little bit and helps get rid of some of the P sounds that come out. But then when you're outside, if it's windy, sometimes that foam is not enough, so they sell the, the little furry things. It's called a dead cat. And that will stop a lot of the wind from coming out. So that's not going to actually get rid of background noise. The best, and look, if you're doing voiceovers, if you can do this, and I don't know how you're doing your voiceovers, but like if you want a quiet place to do it, do it in your closet. All the clothes that you have around in your closet just kills the sound. So if you can go sit in your closet and record, like you can hook a microphone up to your phone. Right, get a microphone, hook it up to your phone, go into your closet and do a voiceover. Mm -hmm. Man, it's going to sound fantastic. You just got to figure out the placement between where the microphone goes and where your mouth is going to go so you don't get wind sounds on it. But once you find that correct placement, a closet full of clothes, it's like a, it's, it's like a, a, a cheap sound booth. Yeah, you can do it under a blanket too. Yeah, Same you can idea. under a blanket, mm -hmm. all of it. Yeah. Yep. yeah, lots of different ways to do that. So uh, next up on our list here, we've got, uh, let's see here, we got uh, Misty Vale 550. I think we did this one already, playthroughs. Yep, we did. Okay, so next up, we've got Playing the Mom Game. Playing the Mom Game, they do lifestyle and loosely educational content. The goal is to share practical tips to moms to make their lives easier. The question is, what's the difference between adding subtitles in studio on the same page where you can add the end screens and cards versus the subtitles that just show up when someone isn't watching 
with full volume on. How important is it to add them separately? So the difference is when you add them um, in that particular part of the process, then you are just going ahead and uploading the subtitles that you've added or the captions that you've added. When YouTube adds them after the fact, then YouTube is adding them um, based on what their system thinks that you're saying. So sometimes, because you know it's all automated, sometimes their system is incorrect. Sometimes it'll get it really close, but maybe you say two words too closely together. You don't put enough emphasis on a part of the word or something like that. Sometimes it can think that you say the wrong things. So because of that, if you are going to use YouTube's auto captions, make sure that you're at least going in and double checking them um, and that you are confirming that everything is still the same. And then after you do any edits and then you save it, then that will still count as, you know, captions on that video. So I, I have another pro tip uh, for people struggling with audio especially if you're doing it on your phone and it doesn't sound that good. So go to, uh, so Adobe has a new product that they're rolling out. And yeah. I think it's currently free. Oh, it's free, out. Yeah, it's out. But it's, it's free, it's but, but I yeah. think you have to request access to it. Um, so you, I think it's podcast.adobe.com and you have mm -hmm. to request slash access. Slash enhance and then you get it. Okay, it's slash enhance. Mm -hmm. So podcast.adobe.com uh, podcast uh, slash, slash enhance. enhance. Mm -hmm. And you can upload your audio clip and Adobe will do its magic through AI and make your audio clips sound, sound significantly way better. better. Yeah. It's not 100% perfect sometimes, depending on your situation, and it can't work miracles if you've got a ton of background noise, but it does an amazing job. Yeah. I mean, it's worth trying out. Mm -hmm. It can make the difference between your audio sounding like, yeah, so-so audio to sounding really good. Really good. Yeah. Really good. Lucas yeah. Campbell and Basketball Legends is our next channel here. They upload when they have time. Uh, they do gaming and with their brother type of channels. Hey. And the goal of the channel is to gain popularity and money. And the question is, I need help to grow my channel. And I also want to know how to keep returning subscribers. So when it comes to growing your channel, the thing that you just have to make sure that you are continually doing is working on your skills in terms of learning how to make thumbnails that will grab people's attention and help them identify that your content's about something they care about. Two, work on copywriting, watch videos and read articles and everything that you can about copywriting um, because that's going to help you with titles. Um, watch videos about sales and, and uh, presenting and public speaking. All of that's going to help you with actually presenting in your content. Watch videos on video editing. Um, that's going to help you actually learn how to put the content together. Watch videos, listen to podcasts, read books on storytelling. Um, that's going to help you be able to structure your content in a way that will pull people through it. Um, and those things combined will help you grow your channel because you're going to be arming yourself with everything that you need in order to get the response that you're seeking. Um, in addition to that, how to keep returning subscribers is to keep giving them content that they came to your channel for in the first place. Keep in mind that losing subscribers is a part of being a content creator. So, you know, you're going to publish videos and some people are going to like them. Some people are not going to. So because of that, some people will unsubscribe. In addition to that, some people are just going to unsubscribe because they just don't watch that type of content anymore. Other people are going to subscribe because maybe you said something in a video that didn't, you know, that kind of rubbed them the wrong way. Maybe you shared an opinion or something and it rubbed them the wrong way. So they're going to unsubscribe for that. Um, sometimes YouTube will delete subscribers if the channel is violating their terms of service or something like that. Maybe it's a bot account. Maybe the person that has the channel spam spamming comments all over YouTube, things like that. Um, so YouTube will delete those channels, which will in turn delete the subscribes attached to that channel as well. So losing subscribers is a part of the game. What you do want to keep an eye on though is if I'm publishing videos and I'm just bleeding subscribers out of these videos, like like I'm just losing mass subscribers to these videos compared to these other videos, 
um, that gives you a good indicator of like, okay, well, there's a reason that people aren't subscribing from these. So then you have to start, you know, kind of looking under the hood there and start trying to figure out, you know, why people are leaving with the, that particular type of content and then deciding from, you know, your own goal, from your own goals, if, you know, continuing on with that content um, is, you know, something that you want to do, even though you're losing some subscribers every time you publish. Sometimes losing subscribers can be a good thing, as crazy as that sounds. So like, for example, if you are sharing like strong opinions and things like that, um, that can cause, you know, a lot of people to unsubscribe, but it can also cause a lot of people to subscribe <laughs> as well. So, you know, losing subscribers um, in some cases can be, you know, a win, um, but in other cases, you know, not so much. Genealogy, dude been on YouTube for a year or more. They do genealogy education and rock identification content. The goal of the channel is one more subscriber than me. Um, the question is somewhere YouTube asked to categorize your channel. I forgot where that is located. My channel is science education. Should I choose science or education? I would do science. Um, like if I was talking about science-based topics, um, I would do that. But if you're literally taking people through like, like legit educational processes, then in that case, you know, make it education. Um, but if you're doing, you know, if you're talking about science subjects and you're just kind of teaching people things about science, then in that case, I would, I would, I would market science if it was my channel. Ah, this is another good one too. Um, Katie's Kitchen said Toastmasters is a fantastic organization for learning public speaking and getting comfortable with it. Absolutely. StreamYard says, love your skill-based philosophy on YouTube growth. You don't see that often. So refreshing to hear somebody say, go, walk, uh, go work on your fundamentals rather than focusing on generic or tactical advice. Thank you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, like that's, that's part of the thing. Like when it comes to all of this, like, you know, like I would love, and this is, you know, just a common example, um, but like I would love to be able to just pick up a guitar and just be able to just shred or just be able to just play something beautiful, right? Just being able to just like innately do that. But unfortunately, um, you know, in order to make that happen, you know, there's a lot of things that have to go into that. Fortunately, I smashed your fingers with a hammer as a kid and you don't have full dexterity. Exactly. So that's never going to happen. Exactly. So now I have to actually like press on it this way and try right. to make it, you know, sound nice. But, you know, the, the, the idea though is like, you know, we would like to be able to just publish content and just everybody loves it and everybody responds yeah. well to it. But, you know, there's, there's, you know, things that you have to learn how to do in order to even get people to, you know, respond even just a little bit. So, um, you know, because of that, some people, they're just innately in tuned and they can just come in and they, you know, already know, like, hey, I've been watching YouTube for a long time. I have been studying YouTube for a long time. I get it. They'll hit the ground running um, in some cases. But in most cases, people come on and they have to go through that, you know, process of learning how to do, you know, all the different aspects. And the funny thing is, is like, as you progress, if you're constantly or mostly in a state of growth, it doesn't matter how big your channel gets, you're still like, okay, now I got this other thing I got to figure out. Now I got this other thing I got to figure out. Now I got to figure out how to work with people. Now I got to figure out how to hire people. Now I got to figure out how to, you know, manage the people that I'm working with. Now I got to figure out how to, you know, take this feedback from the people that I'm, you know, working with. Now I got to figure out how to, you know, start scaling that whole thing up and bring on more people. And now I got to figure out how to start, you know, figuring out how to make products. Now I got to figure out how to do, you know what I mean? Like it just keeps going and keeps going. You know, the more that you want, um, the more, you know, the more that you got to learn. Andrew Can, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Andrew? Nice to see you, my man. Says, um, uh, Passport Haven um, is our next uh, question here. They have a travel channel. The goal of the channel is to get monetized and make quality content. The question is, I'm getting audience rates over a over 100% on multiple videos, and my views are going up slowly. Is the algorithm a slow drip? 
So if you are getting, if you mean retention rates over 100%, um, if this is happening on shorts, um, that can be normal, you know, for the initial audience that, you know, they're showing it to. Um, the, the trick there is like keeping that, you know, consistent. So like, you know, as they start showing it to more general audiences, are you still getting a similar response? Um, but like if, if, you know, it's important to keep in mind that with everything on YouTube, that the more people interact with it, the harder it is to keep those numbers. So you'll see a lot of people that are like new to all of this to where they'll be like, Hey, you know, I'm getting these like high numbers, what's going on. But it's like, well, those numbers are high for like 10 people interacting with it. Right. But like when you start scaling that out, they're just not getting that, you know, response that, you know, uh, that, you know, other content is getting even for those 10 views. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, D, we've got number now 37 here. 37. Yep. We're going to make it to 40. Undecided right, is the uh, next channel here. They do gaming content. The goal is to grow the channel. The question, I've been thinking about making a new niche or a new channel for a niche that I found. I believe I would do very well in that niche, but I don't know how long it could continue without running out of content. Here's what you want to do. Um, so if you have an idea for a channel that either the niche currently exists or that you want to create, write down a hundred video ideas. If you write down a hundred video ideas, that gives you almost two years worth of content, write down 104, that gives you two years worth of content um, with a weekly upload. It gives you at least a year if you're doing by or uh, uh, two uploads a week. Um, and, then, and then once you're in motion, you'll be able to add on to those ideas. But if you can write down an initial 100 video ideas that you would be able to make, not like, hey, these are like videos that if I had this huge budget I would make, but like videos that I could make right now, 100 videos that I could make right now with the stuff that I currently have and the knowledge that I currently have to make these videos, write down 100 ideas. If you can do that, um, then you'll be able to stem off of those ideas later or repeat those ideas you know, as you go through time. Um, so write down 100 ideas at least to just kind of check the sustainability in terms of the um the amount of content ideas that you have you can also use tools for this so even though people might not be making videos about it or as many videos about it you can also hop into youtube search and you can start typing around you know that subject matter and you're going to see ways that people are looking for it you can hop in google trends and see how people are looking for it and get recommended different ways people are looking for it you can use tubebuddy to um, use their keyword explorer and you don't even have to be optimizing anything for search the idea is that you use their keyword explorer to where you put in the basic topic that you're going to be working with and then you see all of the the recommendations that tubebuddy gives you that people are looking for as well um, you can also use google for this you can use a website called answer the public for this you get three free searches per day if you don't want to pay for anything um, and with those three free three free searches per day um, they pull information from like google and youtube and all that and they show you all the questions that people are asking around uh you know around you know that particular thing so in addition to the ideas that you come up with personally you have all of these different tools that can also um, that can also help you with that um, Andrew says there's also TubeSpanner. TubeSpanner has a bunch of super helpful tools, but they don't have anything that is um, you know, like that's like the keyword explorer, so to speak, to where it just gives you a bunch of ideas, you know, based on things that people are currently searching for. So unfortunately, it doesn't have that, but it does have a bunch of awesome, you know, other helpful tools. Um, let's see here. Next up, we've got uh, Biodiversity Law. They upload every other day. The type of channel is I post both long and short edited court hearing videos from funny to serious and shocking, showing viewers what happens in courtrooms around the country with text commentary. The goal is to make a little money and to make people laugh or say, what in the world? 
And the question is, I've been posting for about two months, 1300 subs and 160,000 views. My target audience varies depending on the video. What's a great strategy for that? Some videos are males 30 to 50, females 30 to 50, or those like me who are entertained by watching courtroom dramas and comedies. So when it comes to the people currently interacting with your content versus the people that you're actually trying to reach, those could, those may or may not be the same thing. So, you know, right now you're saying that you're getting like 30 to 50% males on some videos, 30 to 50% females on other videos. So just that by itself tells you that, you know, you've got, you know, a, a nice varied, you know, audience that's watching some of your content. What I would actually be looking at more is I would be looking at um, one, if you're trying to make a little bit of money, make people laugh, um, then in that particular case, you know, making sure that you're able to accomplish that. Um, but two, I would also be thinking like, okay, with the videos that I'm putting out, you can use the grouping feature inside of YouTube to do this. So if you have court cases that are based around like um, theft, right? Um, or, okay, you mentioned that you have uh, funny, hold on, what did you say here? Funny, serious, and shocking, right? So what you can do in your, in your grouping feature, in your analytics, is you can say, okay, um, these are my funny videos, these are my shocking videos, these are my serious videos and you can compare them together against each other um, to see like which content type in terms of do people respond overall to funny better, do they respond overall to shocking better, or do they respond overall to serious better? And then the one that they respond to the most, you can prioritize that because that one's a winner. And then the one they respond to, you know, second, then you can decide if you wanna keep that second and third or not, or if you just wanna go all in on the one that performs the best. Um, so because of that, the very first thing that I would do is I would start grouping the content together there and learning or understanding exactly what people are responding to. So right here, you said you didn't know about grouping. So on my YouTube channel, if you go to my shorts tab, um, there is a short in there that shows you exactly how to get into this. It's really easy. Um, all you have to do is go into your YouTube analytics. Once you are in your um, analytics, you wanna click on advanced mode, which is gonna be in the top right of your screen if you're on a computer. From there, you can click on compare and you can do all this there, or you can go and you can click into your channel name. And if you click into your channel name, then it's gonna pop up a box. And on that box, I think it's your third tab over, you're gonna see groups, click on that, and then you're gonna have the option to create a new group click create that new group and then put in, you know, whichever category that you want. You can use this feature for a bunch of different things. But um, uh, in your case right now for this particular thing, what you wanna do is you wanna add, you know, the funny videos, add the serious videos into another group and then the, um, the other ones into the other group. And then you can actually click into one of those groups and then over on the right-hand side of your screen, once you do that, you're gonna have the option to compare. So then you click on compare and then you choose another group, right? And then it's gonna show you them against each other. So the thing that you wanna do there um, to where you can dig in the most is you wanna change the table to a multi-metric table. This is gonna be a little drop down, kind of like halfway down your screen on the right-hand side change that to multi-metric and then it's going to stack the stuff up against each other and it's going to change you know the charts that you're seeing you know up at the top as well and then you're going to be able to get a lot of information so there's going to be another little blue icon when you're comparing them against each other and you can see this in your advanced analytics also but you're going to see a, a blue circle with a little plus icon on it if you click that it's going to give you a bunch of other things that you can also add for that comparison so for example if you're like hey i want to see subscribers lost for these so for example if you're trying to figure out like you know where you get that total gain in subscribers or the stuff that's causing people to leave you can say okay well um, i'm going to look at all the subscribers that that these videos have caused to unsubscribe from my channel so for example this would help you identify 
if you find out that your primary group is your funny content and then you start looking at let's say your serious content and you're like huh this is interesting so the funny content's growing my channel but the other content the serious content's causing people to unsubscribe then you could look at that one way that you could look at that is you could say okay well people are subscribing for this funny stuff you know um, at scale but when they're presented with this serious stuff they're like oh this isn't for me and they're unsubscribing from that right so you that's one way that you could interpret that so um just dig in there you know you'll, you'll get a good handle on it once you start getting in there and messing around but that tool by itself um, can help you in so many ways um, you can test calls to action when asking people to subscribe you can you can test like where in videos you're asking people to like and how you're asking people to like and how you're asking people to subscribe and you can compare like you know okay here's you know 10 videos where i asked people to subscribe this way here's 10 videos where i asked people to subscribe this way here's another 10 where i asked them to subscribe this way which one's the most effective um here is you know 10 videos where i asked for the like at the beginning of the video here's 10 videos where i asked for the like at the end of the video which way do people respond to best um and you can do you know those sorts of things as well like you can really get you know um, into some fun experiments uh in groups um let's see here next up you know what we didn't talk about canva okay yeah let's talk about canva real quick yeah so tell tell everyone okay what so doing. so really quick if you are a canva affiliate you probably got this email so one thing, just as a heads up, um, and, and this kind of bothers me uh, bothers personally. Me so one, I'm not a fan when companies have an affiliate program and then they turn off that affiliate program. I just think that's not cool in any way, shape or form because they use affiliates, affiliates to help build the company up and then they kind of throw them under the bus, right? So one, I think that's super uncool. Um, two, Canva doesn't appreciate you as a small content creator. So another thing that Canva is doing is if you are in the Canva affiliate program, if you have under 5,000 subscribers or un under 5,000 followers, then you are going to lose your Canva affiliate account. If you have under 5,000 subscribers. Under 5,000 followers is how they framed followers. it. So it could be, yeah, subscribers, followers, followers whatever. Yeah, so but under 5,000 followers. But if you have over that, there's still a condition. Right. If you have over that, then another requirement that they put in place, which I also don't think is cool, it's really is bad. they are requiring people to make a video about them per month. So in order to stay an affiliate, and, and as a YouTuber, this is something that is a huge deal. And the reason this is a huge deal is because there are people on YouTube, I actually know some of them, that have made entire channels or entire series about Canva. And they did this to teach people how to use Canva in exchange. They have affiliate links for Canva Pro accounts to where they've been able to generate money from those links. Now, even though those videos are still on YouTube, those videos are still getting views and they'll still continue to get views from YouTube and Google and Pinterest and all these other places into the very distant future. Canva is essentially cutting off the monetization on those videos which is the affiliate income if that creator doesn't continue even though that youtuber is continuing to spread awareness about canva through that content that's going to live on youtube for essentially forever canva is throwing the content creators under the bus 
if they are not going to make that one video uh, uh, per month uh, now, about them. Now, imagine how much money they would have to spend to actually go out and have creators make a video a month. Right. That would be really expensive. That would, right. Right? Right. Like, hey, you got to make a video a month just so you can sell our product right. to get a percentage of that sale. Right. That's like sell that's, something else. That is flat out just yeah. ripping the creator off. Yep. Instead of I'm not going to because of this, and this is just I, you know a personal yeah. thing. Like I'm not going to use Canva anymore. I would use Canva sometimes for just like really quick stuff. Personally, I'm not going to use them anymore because I think it's I think it's cool. So Nikki connected right here says yes. Canva's still booting me with over thirty seven thousand. I even made courses and eBooks suggesting them. This is what I mean. Yeah, that's another thing, like courses. Some people are like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to do all this cool stuff. One of the things is, hey, go over here to Canva, use this because they make it easy, blah, blah, blah. Now, all of those people that have included that are going to have to either just take the L or they're going to have yeah. to go through the process of like re-editing those videos and kind of excluding yeah. that or finding another solution or whatever. Super uncool. Yeah, so I'm just going to go. Super, super uncool. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go out a little bit further and say that you're a crappy company if yes. you're doing that. Yeah. So. As an unethical. And you're an unethical. You're unethical. Yeah. Canva, you are an unethical company to yeah. do this to your affiliates. Yes. Like there's no other way around it. And I know it's your right to do it, but that makes you an unethical company to yep. do it. Um, as creators, like we we have a lot of options of companies to right. use. And I feel as educators in the space, it's I know companies don't get called out enough. There's mm -hmm. a lot of shenanigans that actually happen with some of these companies. Yeah. But this is one of the situations where I think they definitely need to be called out. Yeah. Like 100%. If you have the ability to call them out somehow, mm -hmm. call them out. Yep. Call them out because only through that pressure, maybe they'll reverse that. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to yeah. use them anymore. I'm not going to recommend them anymore. Um, I've got a video uh, just recently that I put out uh, where, you know, where I have them in there and I'm like, oh man, I wish I didn't put them in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if I, yeah, I mean, if you're making Canva videos right now, it'd be a great, and they're cutting you out of the affiliate program right, right now. It'd be a great time to start making videos about Adobe express or about right. place it, yeah. right? All of Canva's competitors about yep. why you should switch to their, their competitors. Yep. You just can hop on Google and you can look for just, just type in uh, Canva alternatives and then you're going to come up with a bunch of different options on, you know, other options yeah. that you can use. Yeah. I just, I, I don't want to support unethical companies. Yeah. It, it's yeah, yep. it's tough. So yeah, I just wanted to spread awareness about that and just let you know that, you know, that for those of you that are using them because, you know, because you're like, you know, new and because they have templates and stuff like, yeah, they, they don't support you. So, you know, do with, with that information, whatever you choose. Yeah. That's just, that's just really bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's not cool. Really bad. Yeah. Not cool. And okay. I can understand. I mean, it's still crappy to change no. the program. I'm not saying support them or don't. I'm just yeah. saying I'm not going to, and you do whatever I, yeah, you choose. It's just an unethical move. Yeah. And it, it, that's the that's the company saying we don't care about smaller creators. Right. Or, well, it, it's also or about like creators who won't make videos for us for free. Right. Because right. it's, it's free videos. It is. It's free videos yeah. until they convert. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's just terrible. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. So uh, next up on our list here, we got World Wheelchair Warriors, previously Power Wheelchairs for Success. They upload every other day. Um, the type of channel, support and educational. The goal of the channel um, is to assist wheelchair users in any way that I can. The question is, what are the pros and cons of changing your channel name? Um, if you have an established channel, then in that case, it can cause a little bit of confusion. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. So people are going to come into your channel because of the content. They're not going to come in you know, just because of your channel name. In fact, I was showing D today. There's somebody that I ran across on YouTube that was trying to game everything. Because, you know, people are creative, and I, I appreciate the effort here, but it's just kind of funny. So basically what they did is they changed the name of their YouTube channel. I'm trying to find the screenshot now so I can tell you exactly what it is. But they changed the name of their YouTube channel to where it looked like 
at a glance that they were getting like, you know, 1.3 million views over the course of like 30 minutes or something like that. Keep in mind, seven hours later, it didn't work. Seven hours later, they still had like 12 views um, on the content. But, man, I can't find it, D. Um, I think our see here. I think we got a problem with the camera leg. I think our scene is tilted a little bit. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the camera tilted. I've noticed the desk move a little bit. Okay, yeah. No, that's not it. Yeah, 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 I can't find it. But basically what they did is they changed their channel name to make it look like YouTube metrics where it shows that, you know, people, uh, you know, were it basically they're trying to make it look like a lot of people are interacting in the content when in reality, nobody was. And, uh, you know, things like that, even that attempt didn't work. So when it comes to your channel name, just keep in mind, like, if you make it easy to remember, that's the goal. Make it easy for remember so that if somebody, hey, Brad, what's up, man? Nice to see you in here. Um, they make it easy to remember. So like if somebody is wanting to tell someone else about you, just make it easy, right? So just try to make it just super easy to remember. And then from there, um, you're good to go. Also try to make it unique, I should say as well. Um, because what you don't want is you don't want people searching for it. Like if I told D about it, you, want, you don't want D to hop into YouTube search looking for you. And then you have like 800 channels with the same name because then you'll just get lost. When I was looking up that uh, channel earlier, the Pee Wee Penguin, yeah. I had a really difficult time finding them. That's a common name? Yeah, there were. Yeah, but so the thing is, is they didn't put spaces in between their name. Oh, okay. Instinctually, I was putting like Pee Wee Space Penguin. Okay. And that was bringing up a whole bunch of other channels. And, uh, the, and then I okay. realized, oh, there's no spaces. Got it. Right? Like, don't, don't be too clever with your name. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. But it's also important to note that when you're new, people are not looking for you. A lot of people will say things like, I can't, nobody can find me in search, or I can't find myself in search when they look for myself. Give it time, you will, but nobody's looking for you when you're new. Um, let's see here. So on that note, um, I want to thank everybody for hanging out. Um, I do want to remind you that um, Vid Summit is coming up here October 3rd through the 5th. That's in Texas. Um, I'm going to be speaking there. Um, yeehaw. So I'm going to be speaking there um, this year um, talking about um, sustainability on YouTube. But a lot of other, you know, content creators are going to be there like Mr. Beast, Ryan Trahan, like um, Zach King is going to be there, um, you know, sharing, you know, all the stuff that they know about YouTube and how they grew their channels, things like that. Um, but you can find out more information about that at vidsummit.com. Um, but again, that's happening in October 3rd through 5th um, here in just a couple of months. So um, I would love to see you there um, if you, you know, can can find the time to make it. And um, besides that, um, I do want to remind everybody here, you know, for all your new content creators, because, you know, from this poll that we have, it looks like 40% of you are over a thousand subscribers, 60% are under. So for those of you that are under, you know, I do want to remind you that, you know, this whole, you know, process, if you can just work on your, on your skills, I'll see you there, Renee. If, if you can, you know, just work work on your on your skill sets and you start you know working on just like how you can get more clear with the content that you're putting out and how you can you know better resonate with the people that you're trying to reach and um, and all and those types of things and you just continually work on your skill sets it can really make a huge difference on how you know everything performs over time because you get better at doing all of the things and when you get better at doing all of the things you know people can respond better and just your understanding of what gets people to respond also increases as well which will help you perform better um, I have a video that I put out recently about um, um, you know, uh, six things that you should do every day to help you grow your channel faster. I really recommend that you watch that one because I get into the specifics of exactly what you should be looking into in order to help you build those skill sets. So make sure that you check that out. And um, on that note, have an awesome rest of your weekend. D, fantastic uh, stream uh, as always. Yep, should, both of them there the, for the, good luck. This, this, this should be the thing. Yep. 
And uh, really quick, Quam just hit 100,000 subscribers, said they can't wait to hold their silver play button. And thank you to TubeBuddy. Congratulations to you. Congratulations, High five and man. fist bump to you Love on uh, your first 100,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. Congratulations. That's Love a huge it. deal. Um, congratulations to you for that. So everybody have a great rest of your uh, weekend, and uh, we will see you next Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And just as a heads up, um, if you went to Daryl E's live stream last week, um, he's got another one coming this week. So as soon as we end this broadcast, it's going to drop you into the uh, waiting area for his stream. So make sure you hit the notification there so that you can also join him when he goes live here in about one hour. So thank you, everybody, for hanging out. Have an awesome rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Rubbing it. Rub it, D. Rubbing it for luck. There you go. For intergalactic.